Hello and welcome to Die For Your Worlds 2022 episode two. Joining us. On two. So two, baby. But there are four people here. Atlas. Four. four. I'm Dracos. <laughs> this is Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're Gotham Studios, but episode four, now we're Sesame uh, Street. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Here's the Count of Vampire. I'll just say Kobe is here. Isaiah's here too. Good That's morning. Cool. The four stack. Uh, shout out to merch.riotgames.com for providing us some world's merch. Bam, bam. If you're in YouTube land, you can see it. If not, it's a puffy jacket and there's a LeBlanc statue. Extremely puffy. Mm -hmm. It is extremely puffy. It is very warm. If you are anywhere with a very cold climate, this is the jacket for you. Uh, it's not in here. It's not actually that cold. Not that cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, it's not the jacket <laughs> for you. This will become sure. a poor decision, but I am geared up. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, if I jump in water, I will float. Probably not. I don't want to advertise. <laughs> I don't think that's there how that works. There is location-specific merch for New York City, Atlanta, and San Francisco. Um, be sure to check it out. But yeah, a lot to talk about today. Week two of groups finished. Quarterfinals on the horizon. But Isaac, you had a very unique fan interaction. Probably the most unique fan interaction, this is interaction so that cute. I've ever heard of. So I, I, I've actually had some really cool ones. Did you, uh, so Freak and I are, are you know, our new duo is Doug Duo. Yeah. So mm -hmm. at, uh, at one of the finals, someone actually brought us um, first edition Pokemon cards uh -huh. for Diglett and Doug Trio for both of Holy us. Holy crap. Which that's was, so was cool. was a really cool gift. That's awesome. Um, and then this time, so I made a joke one time on the dive about how, you know, people like people should send us their questions in with carrier pigeons. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so someone came in, one of the fans came in and asked to take a picture whatever. I was like, sure. And he gave me this and he said, so here's the carrier pigeon with the message, with the question for the dive. So I said, so I said, I will read this okay. on the dive. I have not if actually you can get looked it at off. it. <laughs> I'm sure I can get it out. Right. I haven't actually looked at it, so we're gonna see if I can actually read it. But but thank you very much for this gift. This was actually yeah. really really cool. Well, let's not thank him until Extremely we've read thoughtful. what it says. Right. It might say that? something <laughs> really really we, mean. We also listed a bunch of different options when we were going through. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, like all the ways that you could send it. So I'm looking to collect all the rest of them. Okay, Got it? it says. Um, Dear Zale, hope you remember asking for carrier pigeon messages. Long time dive listener, first time sending a carrier pigeon. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's shocking. No, yeah, it is actually crazy. Uh, do you think runes would be more fun if they were twice as strong? So, so if the individual runes were way stronger. Ooh. So I, I will actually like. I, I will say that I, I actually thought that runes were more interesting when runes reforged first got released yeah. because they weren't so like homogenized. Now mm -hmm. they all just kind of feel the same because they're like, you think about it, it's like, okay, what's the difference between like PTA and Electrocute and Comet and Airy and yeah. Conqueror and Lethal Tempo, they all just increase your damage and it's really just like whichever one fits the combat pattern of your champion. Like mm -hmm. I actually feel yeah. like they're pretty boring. It doesn't um, change well, by that much they, as well. They had a hard time balancing at the beginning. There are still some differences. They're not all different from each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, phase rush. Like glacial. Lethal Tempo is cool with the attack range increase and stuff like that. So that, like there are some. I, I definitely get that. Uh, I think if Phase Rush was doubly as powerful, like Poppy would never die ever in the game. <laughs> okay, would never double, double speed Phase Rush is just the, is actually hilarious. Double it does sound pretty slog, funny. Double, oh, like, no. double damage reduction. I mean, obviously you couldn't just double all the numbers and have that be balanced or double. I really numbers. like this double Phase Rush though. Double, yeah, double, yeah, double Phase Rush is amazing. amazing. <laughs> it's already so fast. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that August is the one that created uh, Phase Rush as well because he puts three hit passives on everything and he's yeah. like, I can put it on any champion. 
<laughs> everybody can get passive if they want. Can you imagine just trying, you're like a Renekton trying to trade against a Gnar in lane and he takes phase rush. He procs his little hyper proc and there's just BAM! <laughs> speed of light. You're like, yeah. I need more dashes. Give me more dashes. I can't keep up. This Gnar never builds boots ever again. Lumbers up to a fight like so this and then goes and then boop, 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 boop. The question is, would it be more fun, right? Yes. So it would I mean, definitely yes, be more yeah. fun. I'll I think yes. put it in Earth. Like, make sure you just double all the runes just in Earth. Just Comet Storm. It's not just double oh, yeah. the damage. It's your whole screen. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's meteors. more than double. That's more yeah. than double. You can, have, yeah. you can have two Comets. No. <laughs> to be fair, I just imagine the situation where it's like level one, you're wandering in a lane, you get hooked by double Hail of Blades Pike. <laughs> and you're just, you're just, oh, you don't even fuck. see your health bar is just gone. It just becomes anime swordsman where they just go, and then you die. Maybe you should just be a whole new game mode. It's just basically Path of Exile, League of Legends, and you've got like the runes are just absolutely <laughs> absurd, the gigantic skill trees and shit. That's um, what I want. I would say I do like the philosophy. I feel like they've had to like knock stuff down so much to keep mm. things in line, and I think that overall strayed towards a lower power level. I wouldn't have mind if everything just got buffed to compensate. Like I like that balance philosophy more, like in fighting games or whatever, where like when one thing's OP, just buff everything else. But I understand mm. how that ends you up with like that's a bit that can power be very crazy. problematic very they, quickly. They just did this durability patch to calm everything down and yeah. bring down the damage and everything and now we're like all right destroy double it. all yeah. of the damage <laughs> runes yeah go just imagine yeah. the lucian nami electrocute interaction is still in the game <laughs> nami level e level one e is level just, one you die from you just yeah. Yeah. Double electrocute rock, double i mean that's what happens damage. at 15 minutes you may as well just yeah. make it happen yeah, at the beginning you know it's what's fine. the point that's the dardog quote whatever just pick me anything <laughs> okay. let me we, lose a I'm piece we've <laughs> had the durability update the murder ability update has not you know like sure. hey there we go yeah. there we go and that's just although i think that power. was why the durability update happened was because we were in the murder <laughs> it's a uh, 2.0. It's the Zetter bed. Okay. Oh, to be hell fair, yeah. The one rune that I think would be super dope is double range hex flash. Just like imagine double Just range old flash. flash. I honestly hex, think hex flash bam. becomes old flash. I, I think you yes. hit the nail on the head with the first one. I'm going face <laughs> rush. I'm out of here. You will never proc electrocute on me, sir. You will hit two abilities yeah. and I will be gone. I will be. I will run back to base. Can you see me? Can yeah. you see me now? I don't even take TP anymore. You don't even take. You just hit the guy once, proc double face rush, and run, run back, back to base. To base. Oh, shit. <laughs> How do you double the power of teleport? It's just half, half the cooldown. Cool yeah. cool but I mean, that's a summon. No, spell, you bring so a different. copy of you with you when you teleport <laughs> oh, in. You're double shit. time. It's oh, Elden Ring. It's a mimic tier. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You, your, your teleport now always brings one of your teammates, no matter what happens. <laughs> and you get to elect the teammate, like like uh, like Callista, you know? So, like, at the beginning of the game, you're like, you're coming with me every time I TP. <laughs> and you can just take, take someone with this you. This version of League of Legends sounds like what I imagine the player experience is when you haven't played since 2011 and you queue up against, like, an Akali. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what is this? Uh, Absolute nightmare status. It's no the double the phase rush power is actually Zeri. We made that. It's we, in the game. Yeah. 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 Welcome it's to the, the future. Yeah, yeah. So it, really, yeah. if you want to play with double strength runes, you just have to play specific champions. Yeah, you know. True. Yep. All right, well, thank you so much again for the carry vision. That was actually an awesome gift. Appreciate it. was that. also a great question as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, fun question. And it wasn't like a murder note or anything. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> we were ready fully to just to... Nope, can't read that. You can't read that. Like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. appreciate the carry vision, but we will not be saying that live. <laughs> All right, uh, on to uh, a bit more serious of a, of a topic. Well, a lot more serious of a topic. Um, the game, in the game versus top game, 
Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it ended. Um, I'm not sure who originally discovered the bug. I, I heard that it was someone uh, on on Chinese forums or something yeah, like that on Billy Billy, or, um, Billy, Billy or, or whatnot. But I saw it first from uh, Vandrel, who, who was tweeting yep. about it, and he's kind of like the the bug the discovery guy. man, or or at least like calculates if there are bugs or not. Um, so I mean, the TLDR, if you guys haven't seen it, is that Jackie Love's Mob Malmartius shield did not proc when he got Karth assaulted, um, and theoretically, we'll never know 100. But but it seemed to me, I will say that he should have been able to get an auto or two in on the Nexus if it had procced with the additional health that he would have had, which likely would have ended the game. Then, of course, we're in a different timeline where, you know, maybe they don't win the next two games, but assuming that happened, then maybe they win the tiebreaker, maybe they're through, maybe they win Worlds, mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, yeah, I think even without the context of the what-ifs, it's just a really unfortunate situation because it puts, it just brings in all of those what-ifs, even yeah. if they're not necessary. Even if we just are able to take that one, put that one game into a vacuum, the fact that we even have to ask that question obviously really hurts the the competitive integrity of that game and of that of that situation, of that group situation, of the teams moving through. Especially considering how much they smashed all their other games. That's that my day. problem. They, they looked like the best team like, on the day boop, boop, boop. in they're that like, group. Hmm, what if they had a tiebreaker? Yeah, and it's different if the group isn't so crazy close to, you know what I mean? Like if, if Rogue had kept up their week one performance and had dominated the rest of the way through and they were like clearly not going to make it, <clears throat> That it would have been like, obviously, it's still bad. It's still not what you want, but it would certainly would not have felt nearly as bad. And it's it's a weird situation because you know, like players are, are supposed to pause when they see a bug, and in that heat of the moment, maybe it's something that gets missed. But it is really unfortunate because it's how are you going to even have the presence of mind? There's no way you notice. Yeah, that. you're not going to make that, that calculation. Reaction. I was like, there's head. no way I'm pausing at that moment because I'm like. One that we're hit on the Nexus, you know, yeah, and and apparently it. the cooldown of the Maw did go. It did go, yeah. So oh. it looked. So if he looked afterwards, it yeah, he had like the lifeline passive. Like, he just didn't get I the shield. Thinking, apparently, yeah. Karthus is OP. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just blasted through. I mean, me. that's then that's doubly brutal because I didn't I didn't know that piece of context. So I thought maybe like it's something on Jackie Love's side where he sees, you know, he there's no cooldown like it hasn't gone off. No, and there, it went and he has a yeah. window where he can like. He literally would have had the opportunity to look down, see it didn't proc in the last mm-hmm. fight, and like be like, "Oh damn, pause." Yeah. But if that also went on cooldown, then that's just like, I mean, that's I, rough. I just think it, it's it's so impossible to to really like recognize and figure out what you should do in that situation mm-hmm. when when it's like you know your tournament life is on the line here. Yeah. You are going to be so like adrenaline shot, just like turbo focused on this thing, and then once you die, you're probably thinking of nothing else other than. We lost the game. We're out of worlds. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so you're you're not exactly in the like state of mind to analyze it all. Well, also, um, like, you don't get pauses for those sorts of bugs, right? You get pauses for bugs that change your the expectation of a thing that has just happened in front of you, right? Like, if you're yeah. expecting an interaction and it doesn't happen, like for example, yeah. like an Anivia goes in for a trade because they have egg, they move back under turret, and then egg doesn't go off. You're gonna be like, I think there's a problem here because I was expecting this to happen, whereas. Like, you don't go in being like, oh, I'd calculated for 1600 damage, but that actually did 1900 damage to me at that particular moment in time. You know, like, you're not going to do that. Yeah. Because, like, you're focused on how much health the Nexus has. That's like, I remember there was this um, this bug ages ago <laughs> with uh, with Mundo where his cleaver is supposed to do damage based on your current health percent. Mm-hmm. And it, it just did it as though you were 100% the whole time. So, like, Mundo yeah. cleavers just did way more damage even when you were low. And I literally played multiple games of Mundo and I just didn't even notice, right? Because you just, like, it's just not really something you. No, and also even... it felt great for you playing the yeah, Mundo. I was like, wow. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, Mundo is strong. Yeah, I was like, wow, these are good games. But it's just easy to not 
not necessarily notice things when you're thinking about all these other things is, is my point. Like when there's yeah. like, like, as you say, if a specific interaction doesn't work or whatever, but like yeah. da damage differences, I'm with Kobe. I would just be like, oh my God, Carthus is so OP. They kill me through Ma. Like, but how I many mean, times, the how Carthus, many times have you died to be fair, was pretty OP at that point in the game yeah. as well. Like he yeah. was, that yeah. was four item Carthus. Like that's with scary. With strike. Yeah. yeah. And all, all I would be thinking about in, in top situation now is, is like the what ifs because I feel like people are so quick to say, okay, well, if you if you like barely made it in groups, you're shit anyway, so you never would have done anything. Yeah. But yeah. people, I think, really forget that a team can start slow in a tournament and win the tournament, right? Uh, look at MSI 2019. G2, five and five in groups. Mm -hmm. TL, four and six in groups. TL goes up against IG, who is nine and one, and the reigning world champions, and beats them. G2 takes down T1 and G2 wins the tournament, right? And they went five and five in groups, right? So like mm -hmm. if you ended the tournament at that point, 50-50 uh, record, same thing as what top ends up with, you'd be yeah. like, well, of course, they're never going to be IG anyway. So like who cares? Like stop complaining. But yeah. um, the reality is we don't know how far they could have gone, right? Yeah. And I, I think I, I feel really bad for the players. Yeah, especially like the volatility of, of individual best of ones as well. That's why people have been clamoring for, you know, uh, reworks on structures for tournaments and stuff like that for quite a long time but yeah i think regard i mean like regardless of structure it's always going to feel bad but on top of the fact that groups is already such a volatile format and that like a single best of one you know a single bad day a single bad meta read can essentially you know end your tournament and obviously you're always going to have chances you know what i mean like mm -hmm. three three record at the end of the day is never going to be a perfect run but you know, even like we look back to NA, we were talking about this in week one, like bad meta reads, obviously were not the only reason Cloud9 struggled, but they're coming out playing like Nidalee Fiora and you're like, they're going to call, in a best of five, that's an oopsie, you yeah. go next game, you got more chances to turn it around, you get more chances for redemption, but in a best of one, that same cheese can obviously like win you games, unique strategies can win you games, mm -hmm. but you can also lose on the smallest things, the smallest mistakes. Yeah, I mean, the other part, the other side of that coin is that then people are like, that's what the tournament is, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's what we're testing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that like, yeah, like best of one comes with some hangups. It comes with some yeah. strengths. I, I think it's just to me, it's just that the other games that they played that day were just so clearly like these giant stops that you're just like, wow, that really gives you the big what if. Yeah, there's there's actually um, been a few calculations of like what the LCK would have looked like if it was best of ones and things like this. Like, for example, like T1's undefeated streak that they went on in spring would have looked vastly different if it had been all based on best of ones because they haven't historically been a team that's good at winning the first game in a best of three. Yeah, I think you play like you draft differently, though, if it's a best of one. I think yeah, you, you play do. very differently if it's a best of one. So I think these sort of comparisons on like best of series versus best of one um is a little bit skewed if you just take it in the format and the context of a best of three but best of three is so much more fun because you actually have that strategic depth oh i'm an lck cast <laughs> so cool <laughs> strategic depth <laughs> just just I, I a have, bit of a hint I, for the future I gentlemen four, i have four teams through to best of five stage i'm so special and great. it's still not oh, the man. best region in the world though don't worry we actually have to listen to anything max says and have to be like oh well i guess yeah. you're right yeah. <laughs> the absolute no, no, no. flex no, 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 no. You bust out anything you want well like, no no no. i can't because i'm the play-by-play -play, right so like it's the the analytical presence shouldn't necessarily be no, that. I'm just all gloating. It is so crazy though, because we've been talking about this stat where there's only ever been two LCK teams ever that did not make it out of groups. Like mm -hmm. that longevity, that consistency. And is... one of them's a favorite to win the tournament this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
yeah. good old Genji. That was well, that was a big year for us, though, baby. Mm -hmm. we, we needed that one. <laughs> we we definitely have to live live up some of those for a while. This yeah. was a, a rough year for us, but um, I mean, I mean, another thing, obviously, going on uh, on the final day of the groups was uh, RNG having to play from isolation. Yeah, um, those players looked like they were you know really struggling on on the player camp. I mean, their last like game that. was dog shit. They just it was not good. It was not good. And I think like I in the moment was thinking like, oh, man, they're underperforming. And I'm like the LCK guy inside me is like, oh, Genji is so good. But then like you realize that you it's the last the game cam? of the day and they're like dying in their room. Like, I think it's uh, it's a little bit less yeah. of uh, yeah. a Genji performance and a little bit more. of. It the, was uh, hard looking at those player camps yeah. like they looked really, really dead. Yeah, because I think that like you could see. <laughs> Especially like if you just look at Shahu, right? Like the hundred thieves game, Shahu was playing like an like an absolute monster. And like some of that, obviously, like he can still play worse game to game or better game to game. But it always, again, similar to the bug or whatever, whenever you know that a player is playing under less than ideal circumstances, yeah. especially illness, and especially an illness that so much of us have had or had experience around, you know how hard it can be. Um, it just puts that question mark. It puts that like asterisk next to the wins, next to the games. And it's just always, it feels bad. I mean, the good news for them as opposed to JDG is they do get out. They do hopefully get more time to recover and feel good ahead of their super important series versus T1. But yeah, that was, that was rough. And I, mm. I cannot imagine, I can't like casting obviously is very voice focused. So people won't even ask you to cast if you're like, you have a sore throat or whatever. So the fact that pro players are still playing under those circumstances is is impressive like shout out to them that they are still that they are still performing that they are not asking to like take a step back that they are not as a whole asking to take a step back but that's that is brutal and also it feels bad for their opponent too because now you're like well we won yeah the asterisk goes both ways yeah it doesn't feel good for anybody mm. it's like when someone cheeses you in solo queue and it works you're like they're like oh i beat you with cheese and you're like mm. um let me say cheese from is legit, experience, man. i feel great when i cheese people i would never fuck? want to play against someone cheesing because if if you lose right you're like well i just tried to cheese and if i win i'm like well they just tried to cheese what do i get out of this i mean and one I of my one like, of my you know? favorite professional players of all time is potting and he is a professional player because he's good at cheese. He just cheeses yeah. every. He's the best cannon rusher in Starcraft yeah. history. I get your philosophy, but I don't. I've I don't tasted like the, it. I don't like. The and I really like the feeling of winning with cheese. And to be fair, every time I play a fighting game, I play stupid characters who have one move they're good at because I don't have time to be good oh, at all. Oh, were you a Mortal Kombat? Were you Sonya main in Mortal Kombat? I've you just did that Sonya. handstand, the handstand I've back done, and forth. Uh, Shigoro, whatever Shigoro is called. You know they she made- She just jumps up and down. That's all she does. She has one move, she just jumps up and down. Her only other move is jump up and come down slightly slower. Uh-huh. They made a character for you in Soul Calibur called Maxi because even if you just spam oh one button, God. he does other stuff with his nunchucks. <laughs> so it looks like you're sick, but he just like keeps on doing all this, man. You're like, oh, I'm insane. No, you play you play the GameCube version of that game and you like at the very beginning, you just push your opponent to the edge and you play Link and he just boots boops them off the edge. You, yeah. spam, you just spam the grab and he boops them off the edge so, every time. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> just to be clear, the cheese discussion is not a one-to-one -one with the RNG yeah. discussion. Yeah. Very, very different. But I think it's the, the same, some of the same feelings and obviously the context of asterisks because yeah, they're not. Um, We've had a few of those um, in the LCK as well and it hasn't been fun to be able to like work out what does it mean when players are feeling so unwell that the games, you can see the quality has adjusted the amount of substitutions that have had to happen over the last couple of years as mm -hmm. well, based on players not feeling well. Yeah. Like, I, I think like you just need to look at how BDD has looked this year in comparison to his amazing Worlds performance to know that like 
just COVID sucks. And it's yeah. just, yeah. Really I mean, we, we live in the real world, so yeah, right. we're going to have to deal with stuff. Yeah. The, the other thing I will say is that even like COVID and, and whatnot is obviously a different story. Uh, but even beyond that, like the teams are always going to have some struggles at events, mm. right? Um, and I, and I think that like largely people just don't talk about it because it's like everyone deals with, with this yeah. stuff, right? And everyone has to deal with it. So like no one cares kind of. Um, but it's like, it's very rare for any pro in any game to go to an event and just like have perfect sleep and feel feel really yeah. relaxed and you know food issues you exactly know, right yeah. like mm -hmm. there's so many times where you where you go to an event and, and you'll talk to players and whatever or even in the events that I went to where it's like you just don't you're up all night you you're playing on zero sleep because like people are super stressed it's your whole year leading yeah. up to this one thing that you're you're super anxious super stressed it's all you can think about so the players are already playing in, in tough circumstances a lot of the times but everyone deals around uh, with it so it's yeah. not really an excuse and the reality is part of being successful as a pro is handling pressure and handling these difficult circumstances yeah. really really well right and that's why it is so impressive when people can really rise to the occasion because i think about all the extenuating circumstances um, that people aren't necessarily playing in under I ideals conditions for them right because they're tired and they're stressed and they're this and they're that and maybe they're sick and they don't like the food or they're missing home or whatever but they can still do all these incredible things and i think that just kind of makes it even more amazing yep um yeah. there's always that thing that if the K-Town in the area is good. The mm. Korean teams yeah. are going to perform better, you know, because the quality of the kimchi is important. Yeah. Like, it's actually a thing yeah. because we Korean food is well in like Omaha. Yeah. Well, like, wait, what is the NA secret? You know, like, I mean, we got a lot, you guys have a lot of Canadian players too. Like, how do we do this? Like, what is the universal? Because kimchi is so like universal. And this is the problem is like Europe, we have so many different, like what is the Euro the universal European food? Do I like need to like sit down with the Polish guys? I don't think, like, yeah, the Look, bros, European I got you the pierogies lined up. <laughs> Trim me, I need an ace game today. I got pierogies on lock, bro. Well, maybe that's, we maybe that's the problem. grandma from Poland. <laughs> I, I don't know if she understands what I need from her. I'm gonna bring over a translator, but I swear the pierogies are gonna be fire, bro. I really need you to show up against JDG. Yeah, well, I think there just needs to be like, it needs to be doctored for the team that yeah. you have. Each um, individual player, even. Yeah, each individual player <laughs> needs their own chef that has brought their own perfect ingredients. Just and that's grandmas really, from across Europe. Yeah. And that's really <laughs> what's, one of them is making that's, pasta. That's what's been yeah. holding the West back, yeah. if we're honest. honest. You know what lack I mean? of grandmas. There's a lack of, grandmas, lack of grandmas supporting. Do you have sports psychologists? Yeah. Where's the sports grandma? We need, <laughs> we need American grandmas making apple pies. We need Italian grandmas <laughs> making wonderful pasta. <laughs> now I'm just imagining the resume for a sports grandma, and it's like... <laughs> I could be an Italian grandma. I could also be, you yeah. know, a German grandma. I have a certificate in German grandmaring. Like, no matter no what physique you are, I'm going to walk up to you and say you don't look like you've been eating enough and try to give you food at all times of the day. You just mm -hmm. ate. You probably need to eat more. Mm -hmm. The grandma are qualification. Are you oh, yeah. no, not, yeah, the exactly. not, the, not the cheek pinch. Uh. <laughs> Just the question of are you hungry at, at all stages of the day, no matter what has just happened. You've just sat down for breakfast. Oh, are you leaving? Are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we'll make statements approximately based around League of Legends. Yeah. Oh, did you kill the did you kill the worm thing this game? Did you did you get it? Did you knock yeah. it down? Are you winning some? <laughs> are you winning? <laughs> to be honest, a lot of those questions are very grounding. I think it's actually probably yeah. good. I think esports yeah. grandma require those CSD questions. CSD going well. up at least 10. You yeah, know, with, no, straight with up. Professional yeah. esports grandma. On your that team. the grandma diff mm -hmm. it's, it's a tough uh we're finding angles guys yeah because yeah. copium is not enough we need creative we strategies need and copium based mm -hmm. on uh based on 
Weeks one and two for NA and definitely weeks two for EU. We need the grandmas. We need something because this this was, I, I will say, felt like, uh, especially week two overall, felt like the biggest gap for any international tournament I've ever watched between the, the West and uh, and the East. Well, it also is statistically. This is the only only time that there's only been one uh, Western team get past groups. We Two was our previous lowest, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, as combined at ADU, and this is the first time there's just one. I mean, record-wise for NA, it's the worst performance we've we've ever had. Um, I know a lot of people, and this I know this is annoying you, and this is annoying me mm -hmm. too. People are like, well, what's the big deal? It's just a normal day for NA, and it's no, like, well, this no, it's historically not. low. This is literally yeah. our worst ever by a lot. Yeah, um, well, and and for for EU as well, right? Like one and nine in the last week, and it felt like almost zero competitive games besides the one win. I know there was the one G two game where you were saying. It was kind of competitive. Like the JDG, the Darius game. But even that was, it felt like the writing was on the wall, but G2 were still fighting back and getting some good fights. Yeah. And so it, it was it was rough, right? Like, um, you know, obviously I'm always going to shoot for LCS first, um, but then I, I do want there to be competition amongst the regions because I want it to feel not like a foregone conclusion. But like, I was shocked the way that the LEC teams were losing, right? It wasn't just that there was losses. It was that almost every game fell over instantly. And like the only teams NA was beating was EU, which like isn't isn't really a good look for either of us where it's like, you know, we're both kind of down in the dirt slinging mud at each other. And and the banter and stuff is all fun, right? Like and I, I'm on there trash talking to you, people are trash talking to me, I'm also trash talking to NA. Like, um, <laughs> but, it, but it's like, it sucks, man. Like this was, this was a rough one. I mean, yeah, I, I I didn't have high expectations for either of our regions coming into this, and I, I was pleasantly surprised, obviously, with week one for Fnatic and, and Rogue especially, but I will say that this was, because normally, you're right, normally it's like 3-3, and like our teams are like scraping past each other in a tiebreaker, and that's how they're getting out of groups. So it really does feel neck and neck, and it feels like hope, regardless of form. And this time, it was just getting beat down every single game. And the absolute free fall, and you guys obviously had a rough week one, but the absolute free fall for an EU caught me off guard, because Rogue like instilled a lot of faith after week one. Was I willing to jump on the train 100%? No, but I was like, okay, for sure, there's going to be at least one or two redeeming games here. And that really was not the case. And G2, they struggled. They kept struggling. Fnatic, again, felt like absolute and total collapse. And again, not ready for it. And so, so different from the Fnatic in the past where it always felt like struggled to start, rally at the end, you know, knocking out RNG or whatever, you know. And it just this year, it's just like, Damn, I don't even have any like narrative copium to fall back on. It's just like we just got slapped around. The Welcome entire to tournament. the club. That's what usually happens to us. Where no, but it's we, not we what too. usually happens. Usually, there's some good games that we're like just like a little, we're like a little bit above you, or we like beat you down. And there's like this is rough for both of us. Like we're both embarrassed right now. Yeah, I think there's there's like a really bad thing though, which is the fact that it's two years in a row now, where and this year is worse. And so with the yep. gap conversation that always comes up, mm -hmm. I remember 2018, 2019, we were talking about the gap closing. Like it was done, you know, well, 20, finally. 2018 was such a, like. <clears throat> that was a hype year. And like 2019 year. as well, like like TL and uh, and G2 in a final for All MSI. Like, yeah. oh yeah. my God, like that was super hype. But now it's like, it feels like when when it's starting to feel more doomed as time passes, that's when like, you know, you have you have real issues. And credit really to both the LCK and LPL for continuing to develop. I feel like it's such a breakneck speed because in 2019, we were unironically saying that like LEC was probably the second best region in the world. And that was contentious, but like all three LEC teams getting out of groups. And yes, the Fnatic one was a pretty big miracle, but yeah. the shift over time, 
I'm not sure if it is a representation of LCK LPL again, just developing faster, or if LEC is just getting weaker. Um, and I think that definitely our region has been a little bit weaker this year. But overall, going from that to what we're experiencing now, where it just feels like we're back to Korea is the better at us than everything, LPL is better at us than everything, is a wild change to happen in the course of what two, three years. And I, I do think like my my personal take on it is kind of it feels like the the older crop of, of stars that kind of brought us to some of those heights in yeah. LAC and, and LCS are fading a bit. Mm. Um, and I don't think our new stars are yet developed to that same level. Um, Cause you know, when you, when you think about the, a lot of the highest highs for EU, you think of perks and caps, right. Yep. Um, and, and they're just not like, whether it's them individually or their teams or like a combination or whatever, uh, you know, they're just not hitting the same levels that they had hit in those previous years, right? Which I think, you know, those guys were the centerpiece of most of those incredible, incredible European runs. Yeah, right? well, like I actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted, I wanted to talk about this because the LCK was looking worse and worse, honestly, over that 2018, 2019 period. Like yeah. 2019 was like the T1 super team where all of these great players got together and achieved basically nothing. And it was like yeah. really, really sad. And we had the, the you know, KT being pretty disappointing <clears throat> that year as well. And that was a super team. There was like 2018, 2019 was getting all of the old guard and seeing whether all of the best of the best was gonna be able to win. But what, what actually turned everything around and what made the difference was Sandbox, Griffin, Darm one, like making their way in. Like I remember in 2018 where like you had finalist teams at Worlds scrimming these yeah, challenger but... teams and getting bopped. Like that was the exciting time. And that's where like things have turned around. It's like getting this new talent and being able to foster it and nurture it. A lot of it comes down to some really, really good like academy programs that um, have been built in the LCK. Like Berserker yeah. wouldn't exist without T1 Academy. Like mm -hmm. T1 built so much amazing talent. Like Zayas, Gumiushi, and Owner are all like pretty much homegrown within T1. I mean, even if you look just outside of that, the, this this era of LCK talent is so cool. And Chovy's probably out just outside of that era, but obviously it's been rising up with that talent around him. You look at like- Zayas I think he was the, Kuma. he was like the beginning, right? Like it's him and Showmaker that sort of yeah. like came up together. Well, of course, Canyon as well, like the whole Darmon roster. But I think that was the turning point. That was the start. Yeah, and it feels like they've brought and like that, we've also seen the shift. Obviously, people talk about like the old school LCK strategy when you had perfect vision, you make perfect decisions. And it feels like the LCK as a whole has developed so much. But yeah, this new crop of talent is like Doc Dam, Aphelios God. Like there's a lot of players I'm excited about even <laughs> when they're not, you know, objectively best in their role. You look at Viper, who obviously, you know, played for Griffin Gold, mm -hmm. EDG. There's, damn, there's a lot of Korean talent. You guys, like Cornucopia. Like it's, it is incredible how many players are already um, almost like household names internationally just having spent like a couple years here. But like they weren't there in like the 2018, 2019 yeah. and go back to Zale's point, like you have to like find out where that next superstar is going to come from. And I know in, in America, it's kind of funny that it's Bjergsen that was such a, a center point and mm -hmm. he's he did, you know, come from, uh, from EU to begin with, but like being able to find that next superstar like Jensen as well, just amazing players. But a lot of these are imported after finding success instead of homegrown and built uh, in North America. Well, I mean, Jensen literally played only his games in LCS. He never played I mean, his yeah. thing, so to be fair. But um, but I mean, I, I think 
you know, also like that era was uh, the double lift, sneaky, those kind of mm -hmm. guys and stuff as well. Um, and I mean, the, the clear like new era now is his EG, right? With with Jojo and Danny obviously wasn't here. Um, but like those are the clear, obvious, like young NA stars that we're hoping, hoping, you know, can develop into that um, and can bring us some of that success in the coming years. And I do think uh, one of the positives that I will, I will come away from this tournament with from NA perspective is that. EG, even though like they went one and five like the other teams, um, they actually had you know more competitive games and under much tougher circumstances. You know, having to basically have have a sub here. You know, yes, a month in advance or whatever for, for one of their star players. Yeah, like, right. First, yeah, first team. All I hear about is Danny's pentakill, and then I don't get to see him. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, and and it's like it's the team was literally built around this play style of yeah. feed the Danny, you know, and he, he's first team all pro in, in LCS mm -hmm. and they have to come here without him. And so, yes, they did. They do as well as they wanted. No, of course I was hoping they would do better. Um, but I still thought we saw some development of some of those players like Vulcan mm -hmm. and, and Jojo from what yeah. they look like at MSI to here. Um, and they so, got through plans. Uh, yep, that was yeah. big. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're able to take down mad, which was, was exciting for us. Um, and, and there's obviously a tremendous amount of, of EU grown talent, right? Yeah, and, for sure. And I think that's, that's kind of where we, we have to look towards, um, because a lot of these super teams, like you're talking about the super teams, um, mm -hmm. in, in Korea, but like vitality didn't even make playoffs. TL didn't even make worlds, right? Like a lot of these super teams, um, either, either it's just like too many cooks in the kitchen and they're not gelling well. So that's why, or it's uh, an overrating of these old names who aren't necessarily at the same level that they used to be. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think it's just a lot of these teams, and I, and I can't speak to um, the LCK offseasons as much, and you're welcome to step in if you feel like the LCK is wildly different or, or similar. But I feel like in the West, it's so volatile, and I feel like orgs have a really hard time pinning down that person that's really worth investing in and just moving the pieces around that one person. Um, I mean, that's actually exactly what the LCK has kind of tried to put in place with the yeah. new, like, it's end of 2023 that's it's going to come through but it's like all of these teams now getting to choose their star player that's the only player on the team that they're allowed to have extended contracts for mm -hmm. there are certain salary caps for said star player but then you like have to spend a certain amount like it's there's a it's a huge document and i admit that i didn't you know pay as much attention when i was reading through it because it was absolutely gigantic um <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a really interesting theory based on pretty much exactly what you're talking about, where yeah. you want to add that little bit of stability. When you become a fan of a team, you want to be a fan. Like the re one of the reasons why SKT slash T1 was so extraordinarily successful is because Fake has been there forever. And you get to rally around this guy. And yes, a lot yeah. of the other names have changed, but you always have the most popular guy on the team still there being that general. And that's why um, I think, I think that, that was like, important. G2 is a comparable example where they kept Caps Yankos this year and why they're able to find so much success is still because those two are rocks for the team. Because even when the team yep. as a whole looked shaky, they were always performing well. Even if they're bottling or struggling at this tournament, those two were always making an impact um, as a whole. And I just, I wonder, I hope that for the next generation of talent, when teams or orgs find a promising star, whether it's JoJo or Danny or anyone else, that they like actually get the time to like, configure the roster around them to give those guys the time to shine. Cause I just think that like EU right now, this year was a bunch of random, highly disappointing super teams. And I just think that like we are that that generation of players from the, we can't just keep making super teams with that generation of players. Like there has to be new players if, if EU wants to be successful. And I think it's probably the same for the LCS. Oh yeah. I mean, that's why we were so excited about champions Q. So yeah. we've got a, a, a really nice new playground basically. Um, 
for them to grow and, mm-hmm. and hone their skills. Yep. I've heard with some master yeast that Odawamne was very <laughs> Work in progress. Work, work in know? progress. Well, you know, you know. It's also Rome a Rome le- was it, not built in a day. Yeah. yeah. We, we, this Aspiring is li- champion. Exactly. Yeah. This was literally the first year, and we didn't have the full first year. Uh, and there are rules about like one tricks as well. We're right? making a yeah. lot of improvements yeah. coming for next and year. And yeah, too, and so. champ- it says champions queue, not champions, except for Master Yi queue. So yeah. it does it <laughs> inclusive of all, all inclusive, all inclusive yeah. for champions. Yeah. 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 But I mean, if you are that one trick, you have to also branch out into be like multiple toxic champions as well. Yeah. So like you could play like maybe you'd be like a you master play headhunter master. Mastery, yeah. you can play Chosen Mastery, you can play Cosmic Mastery. Uh, yeah, no, you could play all of the different Star versions Ronnie, of that. Yeah. That's a big champion pool, actually. Yasuo, Yi, yeah, Rangar. It'd have to be like Yasuo, Yi, Rangar, and, yeah. and Zed. You'd have yeah. to, like, when, you, when you have to flex to Maybe bot lane, you play well. Zed. Play <laughs> <laughs> Just get all of those. No. I'm 09, bros. I'm scaling. One more deck. Oh, there. Jesus. Um, biggest surprise, though, for the group stage. I mean, I think that the easy, easy obvious standout is top esports. And this in this struggle, Obviously, yeah, but that wouldn't have been a surprise. It's, if it's more funny because everybody, we all came in and we're like, "All right, you know, what, what's your prediction?" Oh, well, I know at least one LPL team is going to explode and crash and burn. Yep. But then you're always still surprised when it happens. You know? Yeah, you're like, yeah. "Wow, it was top this time." Uh, so there's like, it's kind of weird that it's built this expectation yeah. that that one of these LPL teams is just going to have you know some sort of collapse. Shout out to LGD in 2015. Yeah. I feel like the OG. Oh yeah. god, OG absolute oh, collapse. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I also remember EDG in that year. I remember going back. I was having a, a doing an interview with Susie Kim. I've told the story a few times. I'm doing an interview with Susie Kim while EDG were facing Fnatic, and I'm like. I'll just let EDG smash this team. It'll be so fine because that team's so good. So when had fine. the interview came back and they were already dead. <laughs> what is, what happened this year? You interview cursed them. That's Ooh. interesting. Ooh, New tactics, yeah, not the cast. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, definitely, I ran it. I ran it in that. And also I was talking about how good EDG were in the interview. <laughs> can, can, whilst I couldn't see the game. In the background, the monitor, the screen is up and you just see EDG getting pounded. It's, it's it like that, that coach good. interview meme in real time where it's like yeah. oh my god dsm they're, they're so they're so <laughs> yeah. slick hauncer always impressive <laughs> crushing the top lane as, as he's like getting killed yeah. or something oh, up behind god. you it was screen. exactly how it happened just oh. do me a favor and if you could sit down with uh you know if Susie wants to do an interview with you i'm not gonna you know call Susie back to all these portions mm. but like if anyone wanted like to interview atlas specifically about how great jdg are uh, <laughs> that would that I mean, I'm I'm psyched to do maybe that. Maybe on Thursday. Uh, maybe yeah. on Thursday morning, preferably. Uh, 5 p.m., I, 5 PM. I If you could start the interview at like 5.05. Once <laughs> yeah. the first, ESD. No yeah. particular reason. But yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my DMs are open, so hop in there. Um, <laughs> totally fine. I mean, I, I think the biggest biggest surprises feel either it's, it's top. I mean, yes, uh, it's kind of expected that one team will crash and burn, but I feel like most people were, were looking at at the lower seeded teams to be maybe the ones who, who did yeah. it right yeah. because because top and jdg were so neck and neck that it's like like i was calling top seed 1.5 right you yeah. know what i mean it's, it's like yeah yeah they, they, they went 10 games against them and that was true. some of the best best of fives that we've ever seen and the funny thing is is that part of the reason why top didn't make it out is because the jackie love moment that you know cost them game fives and things like this he was 
amazing until he wasn't. That's Jackie Love, and it's been Jackie Love for forever. Oh man, his interview after oh, gut wrenching, man. Holy moly. Yeah, that just, that just hit me again. Mm -hmm. Also, um, Mark gave an interview where he said he's, I guess, gonna think about retiring yeah. because of the result, which I was oh just like, that God. is is brutal. So. Uh, I mean, who knows how the players will feel in a couple of weeks or a couple of yeah, months or yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. But but it's it's a it's a feeling that you know your your heart goes out to to these players from from everywhere, right? It's, it's your your heart and soul is poured into it for an entire year for players like Jackie Love. You know, the reason they play is to try to win worlds, to try to win these international events, to really try to represent their region. Um, and you're working towards that for this one shot that you get after an entire year of hard work, right? Yeah. And when it doesn't go right, it's going to be... And they were so close, like few auto attacks on a Nexus away from getting towards those tiebreakers after being like one game away from being able to be the LPL champions, you know, and prove themselves in that way. Like, I think it's, it's even more brutal than if JDG hadn't have made it up because at least like JDG got that achievement and they managed to make it to LPL champion, which is surprise, huge. Because we're because everyone's going to do that same. Surprise. Yeah, I mean, I want I want the positive surprise. I've got surprise. another surprise. Yeah. It is a positive surprise. Mm -hmm. I don't. Do you want to try and guess or anything? No, no, no. I mean, the Heimerdinger support actually made it <laughs> from because I was what I'm literally watching Chamsky like every night or whatever. I'm like, what mm. the fuck is this? Like, actually, what the hell is going on? They're not supposed to troll on Chamsky. Like, you if you get reported, they will kick your ass out forever from Chamsky. And this everyone keeps start playing this this Heimerdinger. I'm like, what is going on? And they cloud nine picks it in their like troll game. Yeah, and I was like, oh, oh like yay. I kind of take. <laughs> It, you know but it's really it's like oh they were already eliminated yeah. and then it actually gets used and they win with the ash i was like oh, that's a, that to me that's my happy surprise yeah and actually it leads into my happy surprise which is drx being actually good mm -hmm. um that team i had almost zero expectation for until i had expectation then they started losing so i had to go back to having zero expectation again um massive overperformance from uh the team that finished six in the lck but then managed to have the heroic birth back into Worlds because Deft doesn't miss Worlds. He doesn't lose uh, regional qualifiers. Did you see Deft's interview too afterwards where he was like, I didn't expect to get here. Now now I want to win. You know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't come here, you know, expecting to like mm -hmm. even get out of groups. And, and now he's like, well, shit, I guess we... Nah, I guess now it's I time to win it all. Win <laughs> I just like, this makes me so happy too because I feel like bot lane meadow was starting to stagnate just a little bit. It was like the Lucianamis or the Callistolanes and then like, mm -hmm. or you to be a Felios and it felt like it had been solved and this just throws a spanner in the works. As soon, after MF died? After MF <laughs> You're like, died. all right, we solved yeah. this. Uh, well, okay, to be fair, like I was really happy when MF, I hate MF and Pro, bro. I think she's so boring to like, mm -hmm. she either hits the alt or she doesn't hit the alt. There's no big flashy MF moment. It's like, I'm gonna stand still, guys. Like, ah, yes. Yeah, I also really hate attack speed MF because then the alt isn't that important and she also has no range, so it doesn't do anything in late game anyway. And you're like, oh, I've got this cool Kraken Slayer. Watch me use it on minions. Both the games that uh, DRX lost, by the way. MF yeah, games exactly. Lost. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and then maybe that's why <laughs> I hate MF, it so much. If MF died so Heimer can live, that yeah. is hands <laughs> down <laughs> the <laughs> best trade in the history of League of Legends. I, mean, I, I would say I think the bot lane stuff got pretty interesting, you know, because the bot lane's priorities. one of the best lanes as far as variety is concerned. Yeah. It's really fun now. I mean, the different priorities between different groups was also really interesting. Like when we were watching um, the Genji RNG group, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
Yumi gets weird because you can't really play Yumi against Genji, so like RNG can't play that. Um, but then like both teams were showing such good Lucian Nami games that Lucian uh, priority was mm-hmm. really skyrocketing. Um, Caitlyn was going like unpicked by some teams and other teams it's like a guaranteed first pick. Uh, you know, some teams can play Draven as an answer into it, so that dissuades you from playing Caitlyn and stuff. So there's kind of like becoming you know, much more of a spread of, of options, I think, down there based on, on team skill, based on player skill and stuff and, and priorities. So I think I think like the meta is going to be really interesting going into. Yeah, players. I feel like you get so much. I mean, you're going to get that when you get exciting players like Lehens that, yeah. you know, are going to get rank one on elite support or something. And you're like, OK, well, let's bring out like this giant map. Uh, what do we have to think about to, to draft around this guy? Well, of course, there's the Singe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then there's all these like elite support, mm, all these different like, things. And then then we have this champion Senna in the game that mm, now we have to do all these other. Well, that's that's the carrier problem, champion. Like center existing means that carrier gets to play all the all of the champions that he has a lot of fun on. He thinks he's self-proclaimed best Yasuo on the team. And loves playing it. <laughs> then, you have, then you have Mako bringing back like Prime Thresh as well. Oh, and you're yeah. just like, I like actually the supports credit the, in Knockouts credit, are insane. Yeah, I by credit the, way. the supports with this exciting bottom lane. Well, let's do Blitz. Blitz was actually so uh-huh. fun, and both the Blitz games actually looked really good. Right? Yeah. I, I don't, God, I'm so happy that Thresh is back. Thresh is like we haven't seen it in a long time. I forgot how much more interesting it is than Leona and Nautilus. Like, <laughs> yeah. those champions actually suck. They're yeah. so boring. They're very like, boring. Like, by comparison, it's it's like, like, what was I doing, right? Like, I've just... <laughs> I, just did, I thought I didn't expect you to be that blunt. Yeah, I agree. I've just, I've just been watching, like, the Game of Thrones finale on repeat for, like, two years. Oh, God! And then, someone, you... and then someone's like, have you ever watched the early seasons of Game of Thrones? I'm like... No, I haven't. And, then I, and that's Thresh coming back. No, and, I, and then you're watching the episode where, where it's like, it's dragons like are slaves, and the dragon's killing everyone. You're like, oh! Thresh is back! It's the red wedding. Rekindling yeah. your love for bot lane. No, yeah. I, I actually, I really like it, and I think that the thing that's really cool is that you do have your clear power picks, but you have so many people who are willing to draft unconventional answers, and yeah, the AD carry pool feels a little bit more static. I think once you ban away Lucian, and Caitlyn, it feels more open. I would have before. Felia. Yeah, Felia yeah. still feels like King. Broken. Those are off the off the table. So much utility. Love this champion to death. Happy to monologue about him anytime. But I would have also put Callista in that list before the tournament, or not before the tournament, because I thought she was dead. But then when she came back, but with the Ash, with the Heimer, there it feels like there's answers to that. And I'm wondering if people are going to come out with Aphelios answers. I think it's impossible because he just does too many things like pretty well mm-hmm. to really quote unquote answer him. But that is. Bot lane is by far the most thrilling. The then we've got top lane. So top uh, lane? we have to make a sacrifice. <laughs> With old buddy Aatrox up there. <laughs> to be fair, once you ban Aatrox, you, uh, can, you can get Fiora versus Camille, which is yeah. always a fun one, boys. You know, <laughs> haven't seen that before. Feels like bot lane is obviously, a, you talk about supports being comfortable champion pools, but top lane is absolutely the most, like, I feel like player dependent because it's just, there's so many people who are good at, hmm. you know, Fiora in this tournament. But if anyone else picks that champion, I hate it. Like, I'm like, oh, God, please no. If someone who's good at it picks it, I'm like, yes, great, a Fiora game. Zayus, you know, Jace. Oh, great, Zayus Chase game. Anyone else picks Jace? I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it, buddy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm just, like, so ready for it to do I think absolutely the, the Nuggery guy did, it, yeah. did pretty well the, those with that were, Those were my two. I was yeah. like, guaranteed we're going to get a Jace. When they were doing, like, the mm-hmm. total number of champions picked or whatever, I was like, yeah, there's definitely going to be a I Actually, I thought that Jace had already been picked. Like, I, I figured it just had. You yeah, know, yeah. it's just one when of When it happened things. and they were like, 100 or whatever, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. 
about time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good. So who, who who has been, like, you know, we talk about biggest surprise, but who do you think was actually the best performing player then coming through groups? Because I know out of play out of play everyone was on, on the Zek hype train. I'm You're, still there. So not biggest surprise. You think I just think, best player, period. So, groups. like, what I'm, what I'm not saying, like, best mm. player. I'm saying best performance. Biggest overperformance. Like, I, from expectation to what is most improved. No, no, oh, no, no, so, like, no, no, actual no, no, MVP. We're doing MVP. Clar- clarity yeah. on definition. MVP. Okay, MVP is best player or is MVP is most valuable player? Because if you told me... I'm going to say best performing player in world's groups. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Because yeah. I would say that the other definition of MVP where it's like most carries the team. most weight for their yeah, team. Yeah. I'm, blah, I blah, put Zek on that yeah, list. Yeah. We don't need that though. Mm-hmm. Don't money best the waters. actual player? <laughs> that's a lot harder of a discussion. Um, I, I have 369 pretty high right now in yep. my memory. I got Mako pretty high right now as well. 369 mm-hmm. had about a 20 CSD on average from groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. uh, pretty the, good. The thing is, too, um, with, with 369 getting so much credit, I thought, gold ahead. I thought Yagao uh, played mm-hmm. insanely well, too. Mm-hmm. But three, 369 was playing so well that like it like split the spotlight a, a little, I feel like, as well. So that yeah. one made it kind of hard for me. I don't think if there's anyone else who really, really stands out. I think again, knowing that, like, seeing the RNG struggle in performance takes a little bit away from. Yeah, them. right. I want to, I want to say Genji, but, but it's hard. that context makes it tough. That all, I mean, Genji week two, they look turbo yeah. I would say Genji. ruler, yeah. ruler second, ruler second uh, week or whatever. Yeah, first week he was more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, even like, with first week, ruler still averages like at at eleven minutes or something, twelve hundred gold ahead, and like. A Pe- level, like peanut it's also, like it's insane. Uh, no, peanut was not best. It can't be. I can't call him best individual. I just like peanut. Big peanut fan. Just shout out to peanut. <laughs> I can't call him the bad because he does some dumb stuff sometimes. But God, I love watching peanut play jungle. Um, I think three six nine to me feels like the overall safest answer. I feel like if you want a different answer, you have to you have to be willing to dig deeper. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, ruler was my other one I was bringing as well. Zayas also looked really good week too. Zayas like did. watching that gangplank game, like. Ooh. Yeah, it's so. But I think that's uh, all. The other thing too is I always have to check myself because I, my opinions are so colored by single games. You know what I mean? Because like that shot yeah, right. versus Hundred Thieves was incredible, and then he immediately sprinted it on the next Akali game. You know, what I found too, uh, and this has happened. Uh, you know, when we do just random dive uh, recordings, sometimes our rankings they're definitely influenced by which games you actually cast. Yeah, versus yeah, which you right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 because yeah. we'll have like different rankings on someone and we'll just be like wait a second it's because i cast all the games where they won when he split mm-hmm. list no, no, and yeah, you yeah. cast all the ones where they that, lost when i cast like a game right I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel the emotion so much stronger about that player i'm like i feel like this guy was absolutely cracked but then when i watch the boss it's so much more analytical so i'm like this guy is running it. Yeah, just, I, you're, you're, you're <laughs> for, yeah, you're looking for mistakes more. Yeah, if I mm. cast the pop-off moment, yeah. I'm like, no, this guy's goaded. You can't tell me anything. Yeah. They're like, did yeah. you watch that back? I was like, no. They're like, watch it back. I'm like, I will he not. missed four yeah. skill shots. Yeah, That and does make me kind of want to put Marang on the list for that <laughs> sickly sin kick, you know? Like, I cast, I cast that moment, man. Like, he might have built Bomby Sin. It doesn't matter. Still kick that guy. That's the thing, though. Like, even after, like, we talked about it and I discovered this, I was like, I'm not changing my vote though. <laughs> my yeah. dad, I'm definitely right with the ones that I watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about what about like uh, Kanavi or or even like Canyon or something like that? Like some of the junglers who are playing really well. I don't um, think we've seen. We haven't seen like 2020 Canyon performance yet. It feels like the, I just, the graves. God, I, I feel I like love his so his much, expectation though. level is so high that you need like just perfect jungling out of Canyon yeah. uh, t- before you're like. 
oh yeah, this is this is Vintage Canyon, you know, because he like he actually just won twenty twenty almost by himself, like. No, yeah. I, I yeah, especially coming into it because everyone was like, oh, you should be worried though. He didn't have a good year this year. And then I was watching even their like their series versus T one where they lost. I'm like, well, he's still giga gapped owner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel and like also like that that was a close getting series back too. to. In this definition of MVP, where it's objective best player, I think that like MVP is like where it's like most impactful player on your team. It's almost impossible to win as a top laner, but I feel like it's so much easier because top lane spends so much time in isolation. It's yeah. easy to look at a guy and be like, yeah, the this guy one. is the best. Whereas jungle mm-hmm. is still so lane dependent that even if you have like a great game, it's also so draft dependent, you know, like some games. And it's are also be- like brain dependent, plan dependent. There's a lot of extra yeah. things that go into it, but, but I you, think you yeah. can adjudicate it. You certainly can. I just think it's, it is. It take, it's a lot harder and you have to be willing to comb through a lot more to make a case for like Kanavi as overall MVP versus 369. I think. No, on the dive, we're all about just making, you know, unsupported claims. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, just oh, throw it yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. So uh, I think that Rogue are going to win Worlds now. Trimby, um, definitely best player in the tournament. Don't ask for evidence because I don't have it, but I have feelings. <laughs> and Most they're of valid. Them are fear. And, and your feelings valid. are valid. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. guilt for potentially lying to you, gentlemen. But... I gotta, I gotta follow my heart. You know. I noticed that you've also taken off the world's jacket, which you said you were gonna keep on. It is getting warmer. We, in I, the think, room. I think, I think he was actually gonna have a hot attack if you kept that on. I, just I, I gotta be honest. You just reminded me about that three six nine groups performance. I got a little hot under the collar. <laughs> yeah, a little buzzing. You're a little fired up here. All right, so well, but, we don't have to come to a consensus. All right, so actually, it does. We don't need to come to a consensus. So I can just say Deft is the best performing. Yes, player. I can say that. Thank yeah. God. Okay, you there we go. That. It's all Deft. Right. It's Deft. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the best game? I mean, for, for me, I'm I'm still thinking almost back to like the first round robin. It uh, what it was it was the bug game until we found out it was the bug game. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that was and now it's back it to JDG Dom one first round robin, right? Yeah, JDG Dom one was really good. Um yeah, the bug game was was very good. The ending the was the most exciting ending. Yeah, for that one, and then but now it's yeah, it's tainted in my. It's mind. been mod. Yeah, no, no, for sure you can't reference that anyone. But like that would have. But been even my... even like the whole game because it was like okay, well they're clearly gonna put everything into Karthus. And like Levi is playing it super well, very efficiently. Mm-hmm. He full clears, he goes, takes some shit from some lanes also, then he goes full clear again, right as soon as his camp is up, takes some more stuff from some <laughs> other lane <laughs> yeah. while he's got a couple seconds Yo, left. I and, love that about VCS so much because they, I mean, they're obviously like the OGs, GAM as a whole, when they did like the rush nocturne to six. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah, not yeah, afraid to yeah. be like, hey, buddy. You don't get money anymore. Like yeah. this guy, it's, this guy is your god. You give him everything. Yeah. I, I that's why I fell in love with them at the very beginning because it's always the jungler that they're funneling <laughs> to. It's never, it's never anyone else. You know, it's it's always a different jungle funnel strategy. I like our, our other example of like the game of the the tournament so far is JDG versus Damwon, which is two other teams that are very happy to funnel the yeah. jungler as well. It's like, that's just the type of League of Legends we want to see. Just give the money One to guy, the jungle. The Build a raid boss. That's all I want. I mean, yeah. God, when, uh, like in, in some of these series, I think that the, the priority on Graves is just going to be out of control, right? Because we we literally have, uh, but it's going to be like different both sides of the bracket. That's we have, have like Canyon versus Peanut, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just like first pick Graves or die. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the interesting thing was more in groups, and I expect this to fall away in best of five. The start of the groups meta was Maokai, you know, high mm-hmm. mm-hmm. vi, you know, whatever you want to do to get ganks off. And by the end, it was like we're literally banning Viego from every Chinese jungler. Like there's just no one gets the time because every champion, and this has been the trend of the tournament. I think we talked about this before. Every champion we thought was out of the meta has 
is in the meta still. No one except, except Zeri, Zeri has Goodbye. been removed. Mm. And like we we went from I think we have two clear looks as the jungle meta, and you have the guys who are willing to play the Viegos and willing to play the Grazes, and I think Graze is best in class. And then you have the people who are like, we got to do something early game, so we're gonna slam the Jarvan, we're gonna slam the Vi, we're gonna try to make the Maokai jungle work. Yeah, you know, with varied success. Obviously, we saw the Thresh games from Mako supported by you know the Maokai mm-hmm. games as well. But I'm I am ready for more of the Viegos, more of the Graves, because I think these champions are just. They're actually very fun to watch. I didn't think I'd say that about Viego, but after he left for a little while, I was like, no, actually, I do miss you. Please come back, scary soul man. <laughs> I, th- I think he's fun in a scrappy game. Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's good with the... Lissandra. Yeah. I yes. love the Lissandra Viego yes. combo. Yeah, I mean, I, you get the first reset, right? Mm-hmm. You get the first reset, then uh, like all the Throw me, baby. thralls mm-hmm. or whatever they're called, uh, they start popping out. I feel like actually kind of sleeper OP is Silas. Silas had uh, a 79. Is he sleeping? Is he sleeping? That man is not sleeping. <laughs> that man is laying He's, down chains. Well, yeah. No, no, no one's talking. I feel like talking about Silas as, as like a most must pick, must ban. Um, that hasn't I been think a, for sure. Yeah. He is. I mean, I think you're right. There's a lot of like. There's yeah. just been so much focus. I feel like on other champions that I feel mm. like people have not. Have I think they're not saying about. it enough. Yeah. It's, they're saying it, but it's not enough because he's giga broken. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think that because if I remember correctly in plans, he was like the perma ban champ because people did not want anyone blind picking him, and then it clearly became Azir in the first week of groups that people did not want anyone getting their hands on. I, there's some players that you say it more for than Everyone other says players. It for mm-hmm. Yeah, but also like Knight and stuff too. Yeah. Jojo, yeah, Trovi, you don't let Trovi. Tro- play yeah, the like. Uh, and now we're whittling down to like, well, it's just all the mid laners that are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, now at this part part of the tournament, like everyone is pretty dang good at Silas. It's just how yeah, it goes. Exactly. I mean, I think Faker had a couple of stinkers here at Worlds, but you can he's got plenty of tape, so you yeah. can you can find the good ones. Well, and that's that's why it's it's interesting, right? It's like what what's even the must bans anymore, right? Like when you're, is it just different going to be for, for every single? I think every I matchup mean, is like really dependent. I think a that, lot of mastery is really important. I feel like it just yeah, mastery is absolutely important. I, I still expect Yumi. that we'll see Aatrox and Yumi more likely than not. Gen G doesn't have to ban Yumi. Yeah, yeah, except for Gen G. That's which is one, Gen G is the one, one exception. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I feel like those are probably the two permas. It's quarter because, of the matchups. <laughs> I feel like Yumi especially because only Sip, half of one of the matches, mm-hmm. one of the sides though. Yeah. Sip or Yumi is just the dumbest thing in the game, and I think that we've seen every single team try every single team that has tried to counter and has had you know something slightly different whether it's a seraphine or whatever i think every team has an idea though they and have they idea. have a plan they have a and, their plan and they're not sucks. they were waiting they were Does waiting they, i don't what, do, about, what about the 100 thieves game i actually thought uh, unironically they had a pretty good plan like they did they did end up losing right but 100 thieves almost beat uh rng yeah with, that uh, that's Senna seraphine I, I was actually that, and that was like dope. a close 40 minute game and i mm. and if they actually executed better i think they probably win right I, and and they're that worst, Baron was worst tragic. Team. They are a worse team than RNG, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, is there really no answer? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fully convinced. It's clearly incredibly good, mm-hmm. but I'm just not fully convinced that there's like no context in which you can let it through. I think the struggle is is that if it's like the Senna Seraphine, they're both. It is rightfully so, I believe, the most banned champion currently yeah. of yeah. the tournament. To yeah. me, because, again, if you're going to get the counter, it has to be very specific versus someone. Yeah. And everybody who let it through got blasted by mm. it. And that's Sipper, six times as well. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's just a sense lot. of inevitability. And the Yumi also, even outside the context of the Sivir, pairs so many so well with other champions in meta. And I like the philosophy behind the Senna Seraphine. All this, all this stacking things, this death ball, whatever. But it's, I think that... It's infinitely easier to get value out of the Sivir Yumi more often than not. Sivir as a whole just feels so strong in what she does when she has a champion like Yumi to empower her, like the insane wave clear, etc. The ulti against uh, so much of this, like, 
Maokai, whatever meta, that extra movement speed to disengage or re-engage. And again, credit to 100 Thieves, because you said like a little bit of execution here or there. I think it went both ways, but like we're able to get a lot of the sums out before the fights. We're able to pull the dives off up until the last very minute to kill the Sivir every single fight. But to me still, it's just like Sivir, maybe not completely unbeatable. You're right that I think that's too much of a statement, but absolutely still like Well, like Poke isn't in the meta. When Poke isn't in the meta, you can play Sivir every, because Ricochet does so much work. It's just, you've got blobs of team fight happening and you're collapsing in on one another and there's not enough range and there's no Poke. Yeah. outside of like a couple of Jace games. But if we go back to like Jace Zoe being played, and I've heard whisperings that there are teams that are experimenting with Zoe again, um, then like that then becomes a more difficult pick. I think Civ loses a lot of value there. I'll be interested to see if Kaisa starts to get more steam, you know, yeah, with, I agree. with like full dive comps <clears throat> and stuff like that. Cause it hasn't been picked that much, but has won a lot when it does get picked. I mean, Hope, Hope's Kaiser is still giving me nightmares, man. That's, yeah. uh, and Gala, well, Gala is mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah, he's pretty good at, uh, at be, Kaiser. Just, I feel like the one. struggle for Kaisa is that just Aphelios is so good and it's like the once the other champions are banned, you pick Aphelios. And it's just like, champion does so much. And there is gonna hit, you're gonna hit a point in the game where the, the Kaisa can just jump on the Aphelios, assuming he doesn't have perfect guns. But I just think that it's so it's so difficult to like, get through that landing phase, get your engaged support, get those combos. And maybe as we get more, especially strong top laners, more champions who can set up for the Kai'Sa to just not be a backliner, but be that person who goes in with the divers, it can happen. I just, damn, it's like the 80 carries that are left after you ban the OPs are so, so, well, actually, Aphelios is so good across the board. It's hard to match that. Mm. Okay, Caitlyn's getting a lot of bans right now. I think more teams might start letting Caitlyn through. I agree. Um, and, and shifting it that way. I don't but like, know. It's though. funny too because Aatrox is second most banned champion and still the most picked top laner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like every game, if it's not banned, that shit is first pick. That is yeah. first pick every time. It's, it, it is so interesting though, right? Because there's these certain champions that are, are banned so often that sometimes teams kind of stop practicing them and stuff. It gets in this weird part where people are like, oh, well, it's not really worth practicing Caitlyn because it's going to be banned all the time. Mm-hmm. And then it gets left up and you're like, mm-hmm. Well, I guess we're picking Caitlyn. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and it messes up what you were planning before yeah. of your draft because yeah. you're kind of assuming some base. I Caitlyn is one of those ones where I'm actually I think it will still be high band presence because now all the teams that are left in the tournament are scary because yeah. like we saw I think we and you got like Gumiushi, Deft, Viper, like yeah. so many CFO of these players it, that have been bad. very good. And it's in clearly the past. like it as a combo. It, like Aatrox feels universally OP. Yumi feels pretty universally. I'm pretty OP. scared of Aphelios Solution right now. Aphelios so. Solution feels strong, but sometimes just, it's like, what about that Caitlyn door? Let me open that back up. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm just like, I, to me, it's like Lucian's looking broken. I think Lucian is way more important to ban than Caitlyn. I'm I, expecting Lucian to be banned as well as Caitlyn if you're going to be playing, you know, in the bottom lane. <laughs> Caitlyn, uh, Caitlyn Lux does not feel like guaranteed anything. You know what I mean? That's the guaranteed problem. push. So guaranteed push, our, early pressure, tower place. How much? How much are we kind of like influenced though by the fact that so Caitlyn's three and three, Flack Edge, uh, Shun, and Comp lost on it, yeah. right? The people mm. who won on it, Def two and O and Ruler won, and one and O, right? So it's like how much are we influenced? And Ruler ran at that game. He's not a Caitlyn guy. It's, it's not his favorite champion. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just interesting, right? Because it's like with with some of the things when you know, and then you look at Salas, and like every Salas game is like all like LPL or LCK mids are like yeah, the only yeah. people who played it. And you're like, wow, Salas is really good. And yeah. it's like, well, like how much are we influenced by who is playing the champions? Yeah. Can be one of those things where it's like you know, you're talking about the certain games stick in your mind sometimes, right? Um, where obviously like the comp game was a a, a turbo disaster that was the yeah. one versus like uh versus draven i think right yeah For example. The, the cfo yeah. one was bad too i i'm with you and i think the thing is is as the player quality gets up as we get deeper and deeper into the tournament the lane 
regains that status as like yeah. has to be banned because it feels so impossible to beat and so impossible to play against when it's done well. Can't ban everything. But the you. the level of execution required for that lane or like the amount of mistakes you're allowed to make when you play that lane is just so much lower than any other lane I feel like. And that's and that's kind of my only issue with it. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we're not going to see it like if it is doesn't it being picked like devs and just going to smash everybody with it, you know what I mean? Um but I will definitely say that for anyone who isn't like the best of the best at that lane, that pick I think just looks if you're not playing at an S tier level, that lane looks like instantly like D tier, as opposed to Lucian, where you're not an S tier Lucian, he's still like a great pick. You, you still know? have calling. Still have calling. Mm, everyone you know? has calling. You can always you can off that back. Still force imperial mandate a guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like you can get you guaranteed some value out of that one. I'm like thinking, and like the more I sit here and think about the bottom lanes in the knockouts, this tournament, it's absolutely absurd the skill level of like every, even like like Comp and Trimby. That was the reason why like Week Rogue looked so good. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't want to take credit away from uh, you know players like Marong, but like every like I'm I'm thinking about I'm like oh Gumushi Carrier looking like spring level form. You've got like Hope and Missing who have looked absurdly good. Then you've got Viper and Mako, world champion bottom lane that just have always been that amazing. Ruler fellow there. And that ruler fellow and like like Lance pretty good as well. And uh, Deft and Beryl. I mean, <laughs> Beryl is a weird person to talk about. He's also a world champion though, and like has been performing in this tournament super well. Yep. Like the bottom lane, I'm just so hyped on bottom lanes. Like I think every single one on every single team is like really exciting to think about. So should we jump forward to our, our first matchup then and we yeah. can kind of talk a bit better about this? <clears throat> yeah, let's um, talk about the bottom lane, the first so matchup. So Rogue JDG uh, is the Thursday matchup. I don't know if this stuff is TBD or still getting changed or whatever, but anyway, yeah, for now, I think it's uh, it's Rogue JDG point. is Thursday. Um, as, as far as the meta goes, I mean, the big biggest questions I have are all on the rogue side now. Um, Absolutely. Because, you know, we saw we saw this happen to Fnatic where it felt like Azir got removed from Fnatic. They started to struggle with rogue. It really felt like about removing top laners from Odo. Yeah. Um, and the biggest, the biggest like, oh, God, what is happening in this draft to me moment was, I think it was their tiebreaker game, maybe, um, where rogue was red side and... And they have, they still have to pick, I believe it was like maybe their jungler and their top laner. Yep. Um, and they end up blind picking Nar on four. And it was just like, there was a bunch of top lane bands and just like, oh, you don't feel like you have any picks left. And that to me was like so concerning where it was like all day they had been losing and like Maokai and Orn and stuff were just getting banned against them all game. Mm -hmm. And then they caught a couple more top lane bans in the second round of bans. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're out of picks. We need to blind. Felt really weird. Or maybe it was just that, oh, we need this for the comp. But like that was so concerning to me. And then immediately you just get clapped by by Camille, right? Like that's going to get locked yeah, but in. The, and the comp was was rough as a whole. Like I think the, the NAR argument for the comp was tough. And don't get me wrong, Odo played the pick fine in game yeah. in the early game. And eventually he did get run over by King Gid, but he was doing well early game. But this, as a whole, felt like a very, very lost rogue. Ezreal is a pick. If you are not the best and the best in the world on Ezreal, I, God, I just don't want to see it. You know, it just felt like rogue, I don't know, I don't want to say drafting scary, but we're on the back foot that entire draft. And the problem is, as a, as a person who's followed rogue, right, like their ascension to greatness was so completely unprompted by their previous games. And they talked about it and it was like, oh, we all like rallied and we came together and it solved a lot of our internal fighting. And then like week one, you're like, damn, it's going to keep going. And then week two, you're right back down. And as someone who's watched them for so long, it's like, can they do that again? Can they have that moment where they all come together past just the gameplay stuff? Because And if they do, will it mean anything against JDG? 
this was the, the whole day was bad, and then this was like the fact that the draft was also terrible in their final game is like damn. It's like the indi- uh, the individual perf- the individual performances whack. The how, drafts whack. You know, it's just I like, almost the list had to, just keeps going. I, I made a meme at the beginning of the day. I almost had to change it because I had the like EU week two was like down in the dumps, and then Rogue was like the the shining angel coming, like giving them yeah. that, the helping oh, hand mm-hmm. to get out. And I posted after the first game after they won. I was like, ah, oh, easy. You know, they're yeah, in. They're yeah, in. Yeah, nice. and, and then I almost had to change it after the. They lost. They got stomped in the uh, other games. Everyone was like, uh, "I think you mean Gam is like the, the angel <laughs> to lift them up out of week two. It's like, whoo, man, yeah. They they completely just uh, like fell apart off off all the improvements, and and it really looked like they're gonna have to practice and come up with some new stuff and change like now. So like, yeah. if you, if you have an angle for your hopium, it has to be that. Something in these few days here leading up to the uh, series, they smash and scrims cool. with or they, you know, they've got some crazy pocket picks or they completely changed their, um, and how the they pro- set up. The problem is um, that we've seen one version of Rogue look especially good domestically and now internationally as well, which is like more early game focused bot side, more aggressive bot lane picks, <clears throat> scaling mid lane control mage. Odo tanky. Azir. Odo tanky engage and Maorang just playing any psycho pick that can just gank like 20 times a minute and never farm. And hopefully Jarvan. <laughs> and hopefully Jarvan. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact like that is great when it's when everybody wants to handshake on playing that meta, but you already have across group so many different reads. You have people who are yeah. willing to play much more, uh, you know, things like the Graves, willing to play top lane in a way. And people who can pilot top lane champions well enough that like Orn is no longer just OP, like it was domestically, I think. For for LEC, like it has been domestically for LCS as well. Like people, yeah. the people when people play Orn counters, Orn literally does not get to play the game at this level. It is not like it was domestically for us, where and he the just peop- sits through fine. The people you're talking about are three six he's nine. Yeah. Yeah. Are three yeah. six nine and Zayas. He's, he's actually he's in charge of that club. There's <laughs> yeah. like a club for top laners who will like body you, and he is he is captain yeah. of that club. And I think this is pro- possibly like the biggest single lane mismatch in the entire knockouts. Right? Like I don't I don't think mm. it gets much worse. Yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah. And That's it's, a lot of lanes for me to think it's, about. It's yeah. not that I want to discredit Odo Wamne because I think he has he's had some really bad games, don't get me wrong, but I think he played really well domestically. I think know? if he gets to team fights, Odo looks unbelievable. Yeah, and the question is, because I know EU teams have been scrimming not nearly as many tank top laners as they have been playing. You know yeah. what I mean? They've been scrimming a lot of aggro top laners. But that said, even if they show us that, even if they bust that out, which we didn't really get to see in the group stage, Faith that you are going anything other than even at best against 369. Like, that's well, W. Carry versus carry against 369 just seems like so terrifying if that's your answer. And cool. and I, I will like walk back what I was saying a little bit earlier because, like, you know, I said get clapped by the, by the, you know, the Camille. And I meant more through the sense of like as like a draft answer because yeah, you're yeah. totally right in the laning phase. He actually he did was well. Yeah. Now Ren mm-hmm. got up there. He was actually ahead. He was, I think, even the richest person on his team for most of the game. Yeah. But it just feels like Rogue. Like they, they even though Odo was not playing bad by any means on on the NAR, it's yeah. like they 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 didn't really have like a a way to function with with their draft or like or, or an easier like kind of answer or win condition. Whereas yeah. prior it was just like Odo on something real tanky, group up, team fight well, win game, right? Yeah. And it gets mm-hmm. obviously way more complex, I think, when when you are pushed off off of those kind of like death volley type type comps. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean the answer obviously seems like if S tier tanks are going to get banned out. You can you can go either to carry versus carry, or you go B tier tanks, 
Um, you can go stuff like like Malphite and, and Scion and so on and so forth, and you can try to go to that. Um, but the problem does remain. Like, in, and to me, the the way the reason that the LPL and the LCK teams can deal with those picks so much better is is even like even though obviously the top laners are amazing, it's more about how the team plays around it. It's a great because point, they yeah. stack waves and they dive those tanks early before they can actually get to the point where they're stable, right? And then they never reach that like oh, I don't, you don't hurt me point. And they're just perma behind the rest of the game. Like, yeah. and, and that is the biggest thing because the tanks in the early levels are useless. And the most terrifying part is to, even if let's say champion pool expands, tanks aren't an option, we get carry versus carry, you make it through the lane and you're fine. LPL, LCK teams as a whole are so much better playing mid game and late game with carries. Like that's the other part that's terrifying is mm -hmm. like, I've seen so many LCS and LEC teams just run around with headless chickens when they have a Fiora on the side lane, when they've got, you know, something that isn't just like yeah. big, hard CC engage option, and they are just like trying to find I think LPL is also better at works. it. Like, I think that like LPL cross map play is really, really good. Like I mean, their split push play. And, and like I, I want to just clarify real quick, like... I don't think it's because Odo is not a uh, not a good enough player or something like this. I say mismatch because 369 plays aggressive top laners so, so well. And Odo needs to get through a lane before you see his true potential, right? Well, and he's fine. <clears throat> I think he's a fine laner when he has the two of the lanes. He's often taking the weaker side of lane matchups. This is not to say Odo is a bad player. No, I think exactly. That's player. what I wanted to... I think 369 is the best player in the world. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. like... And I guess <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, is it's like what the team needs from him puts him at a disadvantage already. Mm -hmm. And if we ignore that factor and we put them in isolation, I still think 369 is clearly the better player. And it's like, I, I would not put any player in EU up against 369 with confidence. And that's yeah. the thing. It's not, I definitely don't want it to feel like we're just bashing on Odo. It's not, there's basically just the deck is stacked against Odo in every every way possible, both in terms of nameplates, in terms of how his team likes to play, in terms of what we've seen his team play. And he just, and obviously there's so many different angles you can attack this matchup as a whole, yeah. but that is the one that is the clearest to see based on what has led Rogue to success so far. I, I like your point about, you know, talking about like the way that these teams play around carries too. Cause I felt like the RNG Hunter Thieves game exemplified that so much where mm -hmm. it was like, we have this like super death ball comp with Senna Seraphine and whatever. And you get to late game against Fiora, Vi, Akali with, with Silver Yumi. Like yes, yeah, Silver Yumi are strong, but like that is a hard comp to pilot where you have to be coming from all these different angles. And like the barrier of execution is so much higher for a comp like that, yep. that if you don't play out the team fights from these multiple angles and have that, those like the, the fight kind of split up into these little skirmishes, you just get blasted. And, and it takes a really, really skilled team and really skilled individual players to actually make that work. And the LPL teams can do that. And part of the reason why 100 Thieves weren't able to win that game is because of how R how good RNG were at respecting the Seraphine to a certain mm -hmm. degree. Now, there were some games where they like piled in too many and you got, but like we watched those last few fights, it was just impossible for Seraphine to hit more than two people with her ultimate in any given exchange because the amount of different angles they were approaching from was, was overwhelming. Um, and it was still 100 Thieves that were feeling the pressure in that moment as well. And often for a composition that has Senna Seraphine, you're chilling. You're just like sitting back. But yeah. 100 Thieves were the team that felt like they needed to make the moves. Yeah, you got Victor Seraphine. In theory, if it's just a battle of wave clear, you come out on top. But they were pulling them across the map. And so many yeah. times it was like, in order for us to be here as five to contest this objective, we are accepting a 500 or 600 gold loss, whether that's from losing a side lane tier two, losing a couple of waves. like, And that's a... That's a terrifying position to be in. Like I am, I am, I am nervous for this series. I think that this is very much stacked against Rogue. Again, the possibilities that you mentioned earlier, Kobe, where like they show us something new, they dig deep. That's always there. But based on what we've seen so far, heavily, heavily JDG favored. I would say from my side, 
giving Rhode the benefit of the doubt that they're going to show up in best form, I think they will get a game, that they will maybe get two games. But unless there is some dark technology deep in the deep in the scrims that we have not seen yet, if they're not busting out crazy picks, uh, it's just... I think anything but a 3-0 is an upset. Yeah, me too. That's fair. 100%. I want 3-2 for, for, for EU pride as the last representative. But If Rogue can get to 3-2 against JD, that is an yeah. unbelievable achievement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I, like, I think it can, can come off as very negative, but it's like, I think 369 is the best player in the world. JDG before the tournament even started was my pick to win Worlds. So mm -hmm. it's like, guess what? I'm going to favor them against literally I mean, everyone. like, our LCK analyst Wolf had JDG to win Worlds as well, right? Like, <laughs> and we've got some pretty good teams if you wanted to be a little biased. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say that it's it's probably one of the toughest options that you could have possibly got. And by one off, I mean the toughest it was, option it's actually, that you could have It is the toughest option. But to be clear as to how grim top eight was going to be for EU all the time, we were praying backstage <laughs> for T1. Yeah. And I think Zayas is also very insane. Yeah. But like, understand how 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 rough the circumstances are where you're like, yeah. yeah, I'd like to go against the greatest League of Legends player of all time, please and thank you. That will make my life easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, so. good luck. It'll be yeah. less of a three. Less of a three. Speaking of T1, then, yeah. shall we move along yeah, to yeah. the T1 yeah. RNG? Because this this is the game with the most possible history in oh International God, League of Legends insane. that you can actually have. I, it's actually it, These are actually the two organizations with the most wins of any organizations all time for international. If you want to do zero actual in-game analysis, it could just be like, talk about what's on screen, yeah. mention it. And this reminds me the time they played in 2015. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you could just literally not talk about the actual yeah. game in front of you for the entire best of yeah, yeah. No other orgs are even close to these two orgs. So yeah. T1, 142 wins <laughs> at Worlds. Plus MSI, RNG, 124. Next closest, 77. Yeah, it's Below. not. Holy it's not even crap. close. It's th this. Uh, this is so exciting. So uh, history, super, legends, super legacy, king, <laughs> the greatest of all time. And do we allow it to go back to 2013 though? Because that Starhorn Royal Club is kind of, sort of. Yes, Royal, they but we do. Yeah. They we do. bought we do. King's we do. position, yes. you know? Like, the answer is yes. You okay, okay. We'll count it. The funniest part to me is it's just like, uh, shout out to our stats team. We made this wonderful chart of like every every time they played in a tournament or how they finished against each other, their international history. It's just always faker. And like, at this point, the baton has been passed across RNG a number of times, but it's just literally well, just like, the, this organization just has to be annoyed by Faker. The players may not hold on to that rivalry, but this organization just has to be like, every I mean, I imagine Korn is still sitting back there being like, oh no, if only Faker didn't exist, that would have been good. Of course, at the very, very, very beginning, you were like, Uzi, but... Yeah. Shao Shao and Ming as well, like they can carry mm -hmm. the torches. They can carry the torch for so long, years and yep. years. Like, yep. uh, it's not as it's not as flashy as as Faker, but Shao to me, this man swapped roles for this team and still kept them some of the best in the entire world. You know, still he's a big part of almost all of these wins. Yeah. The Shao uh, Ming for this team, he connection. was one of the best top laners, one of the best mid laners. Like this man has done so much for this team, it's insane. And Shao inspired LCK players to role swap as well like we have dove over there and like uh, his like main champion was also nah like it was like he was just yeah. like watching shahu's tape like show me your mid lane to top lane ways please I, like i think as players get better better league of legends we're gonna not see a lot more role swaps because when you exist in a pro environment you're expected to learn how every other role i'm works waiting for form. canyons dude canyon is insane at every role at autofill <laughs> when, yeah. they, when they had him mid oh my god i'm gonna see a canyon role swap
Oh, well, actually, that that did happen, right? Yeah, that was, no, that I want to see we had that though, insanity. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, well, like Malrong was in there playing his role. Um, I I didn't mind the showmaker Ezreal. That was kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's focusing on the series, obviously, like taking a break from the history because there's a ton, a ton of history. I think what excites me the most about this matchup is like how different these teams can be and have been stylistically. Now, we did see a shitload of Akali from Shaq on the second day, or on the second week, but week one was a lot of facilitators, a lot of setup, super aggressive junglers. Like, I'm I'm really excited to see, because this feels to me like one of the matches where we get the clearest clash of metas, outside of any Gen G game again, just because they delete Yumi from existence by being there. But I'm really thrilled to see how the styles match I, w- up. I will say, though, that's kind of what Faker did during the regular season and stuff, during summer. Uh, right? Faker like, and Shahu are so similar. Yeah, so it, it's like even though, you know, like we, we were seeing them depart a little bit from their styles, you know, like uh, obviously first couple games from T1, Faker was playing Kali, Shahu was yep. playing some of that and stuff week two. But like if you look at like summer holistically, I think those players are very similar. Mm-hmm. They're more about facilitating their team. Um, I mean, I just think this side of the bracket is just the top laner gauntlet, right? Because we have 369, mm-hmm. we have Breathe, and we have Zayus. All, all on the and same And Odo Wam there. And, <laughs> and there's another guy too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, like, it's the three best top laners in, in the tournament, right? Like, and I think it's it's so exciting. Like anyone who makes, anyone and, who oh makes my finals God. from this side, it's just like, you have so much to flex, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I do think like I favor three six nine as like as the best, but like Zayus is is right there. He's absolutely insane, right? Like who who's gonna come out on the day? Like if Zayus makes finals, very likely he he beats has Reeve, actually done and then he beats three six nine, and then you're just like, this well, yep, obje- you're the best. This is objectively mm-hmm. the best top winner in the world because yeah. it's not like we're in boring tank meta either. Like it's very likely we will see a ton of carry versus carry games. So this is actually a great meta to prove you are the best because yeah. now we can get deep into the weird counter picks. It's it's so cool, right? And th- and that is so exciting. I know we talked a ton about top lane for the other one, but like I'm just obsessed with top lane. In, it's in literally the, the gauntlet the, the though bracket. because you've yeah. basically got 369 waiting up here and he yeah. is, you know, or, like or you say, me. A very high. I mean, Odoamne can also run the gauntlet, guys. I'm just saying, Odoamne <laughs> could be the best top player in the world. You might. If Odoamne, no, if Odoamne, yeah, story then he is the best. He is actually His the best. Entire, yeah. Okay, I don't want to dwell too long, but just yeah, if Rogue keep winning, the story just keeps getting better because they have literally never been the favorites. Game ever. five, Odoamne is now floating wanna, while I, playing. I don't want to add Legends. spoilers, but uh, <laughs> I was on a show with um with uh, Trouble last night, and she is definitely she is all. Well and truly on the Rogue Just hype train. She, she told me all of the reasons why Rogue are going to actually be the world champions this year. Um, so if it all does come true, just have a chat with her. She'll um, she'll she'll let you know exactly how she I'm knew. I'm curious. Because short of psychedelics, it's hard for me to find a reason. No, exactly. Point. And I, I was worried about what was in her room actually that night. But still. Zayas? Yeah, it was misty. Zayas currently of the tournament is first in CSDF 14. Almost 20, by the way. Oh, first in gold difference at 14. First in forward percentage, playing past yeah, yeah, the 50% yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mark on the map. And 13th in jungle proximity. He gets very, <sighs> very, very the... little owner attention. And he is smashing every single lane. So that is literally like, I am doing this myself. Uh, yeah. Like this, this dude is actually insane, you know? And he's also played a bunch of different champions as well, has um, branched out a little bit. I'm vi- I've been so proud of Zayus. I think he's just been unbelievable this tournament. But and the best thing is, is that like 
I don't think that takes away from anyone's claim that 369 is the best because it's a very different group, right? They well, got really challenged. I feel like by that Dom is one. so split. I mean, he he's pretty staunch on that one. I I would be I, think I would very close. I, yeah. I would definitely. That's put, what I'm saying. Like I would put Zayas okay. up there personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I okay. obviously have watched a lot more Zayas. Um, yeah. than I have 369. I, watched, I just watched like, I don't know, 30 plus games of 369 this year and mm-hmm. just like, yeah. he just solo kills them every yeah. game. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, <laughs> can't, can't really he that. picks the champion and you're like, I think this is a bad matchup. Oh, they're solo kills. <laughs> Today I learned. <laughs> I, think, I, I, think, uh, I think, okay, well, I guess that's how it goes then. Yeah. Imagine you're a top I think player. he's been outscaled. Oh, he's in their back line. My, oh, he won v my favorite. Imagine you're a coach and you've literally only watched three, six, nine games. You're like instantly the worst top lane coach of all time. Like, <laughs> this is a good matchup, you idiot. Do Play you, this. Do oh, you, they picked on. Quickly, Renekton. <laughs> do you remember the Teemo into Aatrox attempt? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where yeah. there was from, there were like three Champions Q games where he won all the the team of top lane yeah. <laughs> champions oh, games. He's like, yeah, all right, I'm gonna bring it out. Oh shit, he got solo killed. Ah, I guess that's yeah. the matchup actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. I but mean, yeah. go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think that like I love talking about this matchup conceptually, but it's really I'm curious if you guys have strong feelings about who is favored here. Cause it's hard for me to make a call. RNG T1? RNG T1. Like who do you think is a clear favorite? Because I T1. feel like I don't think there is a clear favorite. Really? Because I think that coming into tournament I would have said T one. Coming out of play wins, I also might have said T1, but the group stage RNG. <laughs> but right now, but right wait, now, RNG. Wait, wait, no, no, no. There, there is a right answer. Side selection. Side selection is the favorite. Yeah, side selection is the favorite. If T1 gets blue side game one, GG, it's over. Well, so so it, I've if, seen that best of five before. If you're saying if you're saying it's based on that, then to me that's saying I'm, it's I'm really making close. a joke. Yeah, I'm definitely. I, I, I know you are. But like, <laughs> but I, I also think. Um, I mean, I, how how much RNG recover from? Yeah, uh, I think that's actually the biggest elephant in the room, COVID right? as well. I yeah. also, assuming everyone recovers, because I'm just going to assume yeah. that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should, don't want to have the discussion should. in any yeah. other capacity, because I just yeah. think that it's it's just not a fun discussion, and yeah. it just feels like it takes the wind out. I think that True. top lane, I could see going either way. I do think Zeus overall, I would favor more. I think the biggest thing for me is bot lane, actually, just because I think that Gumakaria have had a lot of ups and downs, and I think going back to Aphelios, great for T1 overall, but when it comes to the depth of champions at this moment that I trust Gala and Ming to like absolutely carry a game on, there's just a lot more options, I feel like, from what we've seen. And not to discredit you those players, because again, I think despite Guma maybe struggling- I mean, I trust Ming to carry any game, honestly. Yeah. The guy is so yeah. freaking good. I just, I, I give that edge to the bot lane. Now, how that actually manifests in terms of strategies overall and where teams want to put their attention, I'm not sure. It's not always easy to make those advantages appear depending on what the draft looks like, but like that's the edge that I give RNG over T1. What about uh, Wave versus Owner? Uh, I give Wave. Uh, owner, and awesome. owner to me, again, like going back and even uh, coming into the tournament, like prepping the LCK games, um, Owner to me was going to be the biggest like liability for m- most matchups for yeah. T1. Mm-hmm. Um, the door. Of course, of course, Guma Yushi. <laughs> But Guma has played so much better at this tournament. I think Guma's kind of proved himself, uh, I, it, and Ona hasn't quite got back yet. We, yeah, we can make in Hodor references over here. No, he just said the Doran of T1. And I'm like, that's just like the most savage double kill of all time. It's like everyone knows what you mean, but they feel bad that they know what you mean. I don't, I don't think I'd go that far. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's own, it's owner or Guma that's like 
and a lot of people are still like Guma haters from the season, you know, because yeah, they're know. like, he's so overrated, ha <laughs> ha, look! And they like got so vindicated that now that he's performing well, I can tell they're all just like quiet and waiting for him to mess up. Biden, and then they're gonna be like, be back ah, again, yeah. so, look at him. Yeah. Until uh, I see the confirmation for my so, bias, I'm not talking. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it, those two players, I think definitely have the biggest uh, magnifying glasses. I mean, no, I agree. And and it's it's like, in, in this current meta, I just feel like jungle is, is so important because if you have two mid laners that are playing a similar style, that are trying to play a facilitating like push and move type of style, which I do think like is the best style for these two players right now yeah. uh, with Shahu versus Faker. Then to me, so much of it comes down to how you work with your jungler and your support, right? Mm -hmm. And when I think about how RNG was playing and it's like, I, I give them a bit of a pass in, in their like final games because they just looked like they were having a really rough time, obviously. Yeah, especially um, the the, last, the tiebreaker was not even real. Yeah. Like, it was just and it's like bad. like. We, we look at we look at RNG sport like how heavily how heavily they're roaming. Uh, we look at we look at way and it's like I'm kind of thinking it's like okay well if they can actually get Shahu ahead through mid lane well then that's where you really start to affect the side lanes. You know Gala has been playing really well. Breathe is obviously incredible on carries. That's where I can see ways in for for RNG. Um, and I know that like on pickums and stuff it's kind of interesting because you can see community sentiment. And it's like 80 something percent have predicted T1. Um, mm -hmm. So at least community sentiment is very That's not heavily. a prediction. That's a we love T1. That's okay. what that well, means. But to be also, fair, most of those polls are we love X team. Yeah, exactly. Also, historically, like T1 also has a huge historic advantage in the record over yeah. RNG. You know, the, yeah, if you look outside of this year, right? A lot, yeah, yeah. yeah a, lot of, a lot of players have changed. The one thing, though, when I was thinking about owner and I was, I was going to, um, you know, start talking about like some of the games where he especially when you're at worlds and you're playing versus all these amazing junglers it looks like he his plan is not as fully fleshed out for jungle path into what he's going to do as a lot of the other junglers here hmm. but then i'm remembering and we already talked about the bias of the games that you cast the way maokai game where he literally walks in as maokai Ooh. at the beginning of the game feeds ruler first blood and they yeah. lose the game off it and so now i'm like well if I'm gonna dock owner points, uh, you gotta I mean, way, I, way I, I also gotta dock waypoints for yeah. that. So it's, I think it's close. <laughs> I think it's actually it's it's a really interesting um, conversation because there it, there's reason very similar reasons to dock points in almost all of the lanes, right? I think yeah. like yeah. clearly uh, Zayas is better than Breathe. I think we can probably agree. Um, but but Breathe also had he's, that he has had some amazing breathe, games. He tried to one v nine that gangplank game. Yeah. yeah. That, that was the same game. That was the Maokai game. Yeah. That was literally Wave versus Breathe. Yeah. Breathe was like, come on! Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> they were like, no, sorry. I, I love this series um, because it is so close. It makes me really excited because I think- Each matchup is so similarly close as well. Yeah. Shao and Faker play the same way. The bottom lane's exciting. Like, great It's also going to be so like, fun what? as a spectator because these are the kind of games what? that, that leave you with these MF Zyra moments where it's like comes down to like a single counter pick or a single option or a single strategy often defining a series because I think about like I love Shavu Lissandra I want to see it picked I'm like oh but like Karia will pick Soraka and that pick mm -hmm. looks awful against Soraka but like do they want to pair it with a Kalista because I would not be surprised if the RNG bot lane is ready to pull out a Nash you know or some other conventional counter pick and that that like infinite puzzle just feels so, so draft is so I, I just so can't good. wait to watch that series I just can't wait I'm just like every part of the, the yeah. each and game my is only so hope cool. 
is that whatever you're drafting for your comp, you do not let it ruin the top lane matchups, which just need to be bangers. Because if you are drafting to facilitate your comp as a top laner and your name is not Odo Womney, sorry, Odo, I just, you know, tanks look good right now for you and the team, uh, I will be annoyed. Like, I don't want to see it. I want to see you just win lane, win lane. Malphite mm. versus Maokai. Oh, yeah, Malphite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Orn Sejuani, baby, bring it back. There we go. Unironically, though, the Orn specifically versus Maokai matchups, I feel like, Orn has just been blasting yeah. so hard. I'm like, why aren't more people just letting the Maokai, I guess because it's so flexible and you can just put it in a different yeah, lane. Yeah, you just don't put but it there, right? Yeah. Every every example of that lane, I've been like, damn, Orn is, Orn's like... Brittle is pretty good. Yeah, Brittle yeah, is pretty strong. He's got some w, good base damage. the has to run away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the matchup. All right, let's jump forward to uh, Dom1 Gen G. Uh, this is, I mean, this is another really good one. And uh, you, mm. you and uh, Chronicler were talking about how you know historically this has been uh, this year very, very close. So I, I was really interested, in and I went back in summer. It was two one two one both times uh, mm. Gen G. In spring, the the playoff series was three two for Gen G, mm -hmm. and then again two one two one in the regular season. So we every, always get our money's worth out of Dom one Gen yeah. G every single yeah. time Gen G has won, but. Mm. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's been one game it's, off. It's been one Every game off. Time. And I think it's also totally fair to say that the meta ha has shifted in a way that is, is good for Dom1. And hey, if it's always close, maybe that's the push they need. And I think they are playing better. Uh, Dom1 has gotten consistently better. Over Canyon the and the bottom lane, uh, mm -hmm. both looking good. Which so. is really important when you think about how significant Pina has been. And especially like just <gasps> Pina pathing this year is so awesome to watch. It's I want it, like you want Canyon to come into peak form. So this is gonna be a really tight matchup. Similarly, again, talked a lot about bot lane, but Doc Dam Kellen, like guys who are willing to play weird stuff. If you're an Aphelios nerd like Dracos is, you love Doc Dom. He does all the little nerd things and mm -hmm. just get fired Aphelios up. Mm -hmm. nerd. I thought you were a cane hipster. No, I is told he you, a I one trick a champion every year. It depends how approachable and, uh, he wants to see. Like, if they oh, look shit. like they would watch Naruto and or listen to My Chemical Romance, <laughs> I probably one trick the champion. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I can't help it. I'm like, damn, that's I am I am the the Uggs pumpkin spice latte of champion joyers. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Just in this case, God. it's like the Naruto's and the whatever's. I think mm. also the biggest buff to Don Juan is that Nuggery is going to play every single game. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're seeing Birdle, so yeah. I think this Rip. is a positive. Yeah. For Don Juan versus Gen G for this year, you know, and I think it, it's it's actually a really really interesting conversation with like how Nogger is going to perform because if he performs to the level that we know he can perform at, then I mean that becomes a massive problem for Gen G because we know that Doran has been you know their weakest link on up the and team, down. Yeah. yeah, up and down. Um, but if it's like you know the let's go for a zero six power spike this game, you know, like that's that's not like that will mean that it's a neutralizing matchup towards the top side. Doran absolutely fine on a lot of his like carry picks, like his Camille performance has been great, actually. Um, he's had a few different options and then lanes across the board outside of jungle, I think, are very skewed in the favor of um, of Genji. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like you, you guys were talking about this, I remember on the day, but it's like how, how Doran kind of has this ability to have a really shit game and then just not have it phase him at all and come back and just yeah. play amazingly. And he also, game. while he's having that shit game, looks <laughs> so sad yep. as well. It looks like it's affected him <laughs> massively. He looks like he's just devastated by it. And then he comes in, sits down, and trashes you in the next one. It's like 
he gets all of the emotion out. It comes out of his face, and he's already done it. He's expressed he, all of that emotion. Well, he the is next a unicorn in League of Legends. Mm -hmm. That is so insanely yeah. Yeah. It's like your gal. Your gal's the same. Game, and I question whether or not I'm like even a good person. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm ready. I'm like, was it worth it? Has any of it been worth it? Yeah. Should I uninstall? Should I move on with my life? Is it mm -hmm. worth it? Yeah. So that is like credit to him. But also walk off into a forest. Walk off into a forest. <laughs> I just rethink my life. You know, my, yeah. little, my whole life is League of Legends. It's like existential yeah. crisis every loss depending on the loss sometimes yeah, it's close yeah. you know yeah and it, it's interesting too because for nagari um nagari nagari okay, well it's good. actually it's raccoon in korean which is nagari nagari but basically a but, no not a you because it was the gn yeah. at for some point size. how we were saying yeah. it okay got it yeah yeah so it's close just enough. double checking yeah. but i think that this is also another player who i can't say what does and does not face him but he will have games where he is 8-0 and he'll have games where he like oh fours is renekton you know very casually in that sense i think that I don't want to watch top lane in this series, not because I don't enjoy both these players, but just because they're so It's hot attack inducing, actually. It's, uh, it's hard yeah. attack inducing, and I, I kind of just wanted to play a normal matchup so I can look at bot lane in mid, like, please. <laughs> but also, like, at the same time, it, this has the potential to be the... This is the point of the most inconsistency, I think, that we will see in this series. Like, I think we can see feast or famine from either side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think draft is going to matter a lot um, for how that matchup goes as well. Absolutely. Um, and and I, I just think in general, mid jungle is going to be so crazy important for this for the series because I've thought oh, in general, God, like, so overall, for, for all the <sighs> Dom 1 games that I watched in LCK, and I watched quite a lot of them because I, <laughs> I do like watching Showmaker a lot, mm -hmm. um, I always felt like this team looked so much worse when he's playing something that like he can't he can't be proactive himself like oh, he can't the, set the himself showmaker up. lissandra dark ages dude it was just or like the corky yeah like the it was just stuff. like there was a few months there where it's like do you where is he even here like <laughs> oh it's very sad but like when he's on like a leblanc or you know or one of these types Silas, of picks or a silas whatever. or whatever where he can kind of like see his own play and set himself up um you know Canyon plays with him very well. They put him at some sort of an advantage. Then mm -hmm. I think he can dictate the pace of the game and and create opportunities for Dom in a way that no one else on the team really can. Uh, and I think it's so incredibly important that they really put him in that position because yeah. I do think that they have lacked that that ability to push the game forward when Showmaker is mm -hmm. not in a position where he is in control. And no, in I the, agree. In the battle of who stands in lane better, Chovy wins most of the time. I mean, the man builds gold leads just farming. And I don't think you want it to be... This control major versus control CSing robot. CSing robot. He's unstoppable in that capacity. Not that he yeah. can also do the big playmakers. And, and I look at Showmaker, and Showmaker's always an easy player for me to like look at and empathize with because he's just he's so similar to Caps in that regard, where like, yeah, you can give Caps. Yeah, he a has those psycho moments where he just does what you don't expect and wins the game. Yeah, and he if you put him on Showmaker something, playmaking yeah. maker. <laughs> yeah, if you have to, if he ever like needs other people to make a play or is like painfully reliant on other people, you just it's not the same player on stage. And that that always just feels disappointing now of course things can change in the series but that's my expectation i think that's such a good thing to highlight because is his champion pool still functionally massive yes but there is a there is a, you do see a different player when he has individual agency compared to when he is reliant on on someone else yeah my final thought on this series is it's so hype i lost my hair uh in yeah. spring so it's <laughs> Goes that same. Are you gonna it's put, gonna are you gonna put your hair on the line again or oh no? i don't know i, I don't want to because every time i do that genji you know, comes out ahead, so I can't be given that bias. You don't want to you know. I, the power I also, to it took a much. long time to get it back, and I'm kind of happy that it's back. <laughs> well, the thing that made that so, and I tried to, I think I tweeted I'll this out. I'll pull my hair well, on the line. Like, <laughs> you okay, have okay. had. Zayo can do it instead. Bold yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll take one for the team. That's <laughs> a that's either a bold move or a bold move. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure which. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
I don't bet your hair anymore, Max. You love your hair. Yeah, I you do. gotta bet I, anything else. I actually did lose a part of my identity. I know. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> you are so you are a hair focused man. As long as I've known you, the only caster I know who can, it's like you and James who can like do your own hair to a professional level. And I was like, this man. Why we, would you bet this? We actually we were walking through Times Square after one of the days. And the like famous like naked cowboy person yeah. out there on the street walks up to Max and he's like, "Nice hairline, man." It <laughs> yeah. was like so random. He had, we had yeah. picked out the crowd. He walks yeah. up and, he's, and he starts complaining about his own hairline. He's like, "Look what I'm working with." And Max's like, "Uh, yeah, man, yeah. mine's better." I just said like, "Uh, yeah, it does uh, it's not uh, it's not great." And he's like, yeah. <laughs> "It's hard to think about uh, a man, whether or not a man's hairline is good when he's not wearing pants. Like it's just not the first thing." <laughs> yeah. But I just love that Max just agreed with him. The guy, yeah. the guy came he's up. He's like, and "The hairline could be could we use some work. The rest." <laughs> I don't know what he expected because you know it wasn't a great. You know, it was a bit of a disaster up there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he came up, he was like, "Man, your hairline's so much better." Max was like, "Yeah." Yeah, that's why you're wearing a hat. You I don't like know. Your stars and stripes underwear is so much better, Mr. Cowboy. Like, yeah, could have thrown it back at him. I yeah, should have. Uh, it was it was an embar- It was a, it was a weak moment. You he know, went home good. and cried himself to sleep. I hope. Oh <laughs> no! But, but in a sing-songy country western tone. Yeah, for sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was singing the blues, yeah, but yeah. he did it beautifully. You know. Yeah, I'm glad that guitar was you know in the way. When he came <laughs> that's true. There's such a thing as as seeing too much. Um. There's a joke there in a transition to EDG or DRX, but I can't find it. And, yeah, I don't um, think we should. That's not nope. the way you transition. Don't look too but deep. let's go there anyway. <sighs> I've talked about this from the meme perspective. It's the most LPL style LCK team versus the most LCK style LPL team. Although I think those differences are getting smaller and smaller every year. But this one. This one is actually just Romeo Ball and Juliet. Star Cross Love is. This one is going to have so, such fun Death picks. First mango. Mm-hmm. Death first mango. Yeah, Death first mango. Sunday, 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 Sunday in the <laughs> butt lane. <laughs> Viper versus Death. Okay, all I will say central content team from Riot Games, we will make you a Monster Truck Rally commercial anytime mm-hmm. with our yeah. combined voice acting powers. Yeah. This and we summer. will not be able to say kids seats are still five bucks unless they are five bucks. That's your choice. I'm not trying to push the agenda here. <laughs> but we could say kids, kids seats are still just like $16 or however much. I don't know how much it costs. $50, $100? It depends. If, Probably if a lot of dollars. Involved. Probably mm-hmm. a lot of dollars. Yeah. I'm saying that I would just, <sighs> we could make that for you. That's just an option. That was an I aside. Feel okay. I feel very passionate yeah. about it. Yeah. What is what is our equivalent of Gravedigger? Is it just Showmaker? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Wrestling intros. We need that too. That's, that's true. Oh I've God. also never seen a monster truck rally, but the commercials are so iconic. I know Truckosaurus is there. Like, what else do I need? Do you know what's sad? The Australian equivalent was like a certain carpet shop that would also do the same thing. And I'm like, monster what? trucks are way cool, way cooler than that. Yeah, extremely plush. Rugs. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you want Persian? Like, oh, it all feels great between your toesies. <laughs> I really want to see these carpet commercials. Now. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it was a thing, and it was also on radio as well. It's like you'd, you'd be driving home, you're like, oh man, I could really buy a rug. I could. I could. That makes a great point. It would feel good. Yeah, because he was really excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, yeah, let's get into the let's get into the the, the final series because. I'm I'm just I'm just I I can't stop thinking about the bottom lane and then I think about the rest of the map and I'm like this is also super hype like what because I'll it's be also honest. like Zeka that spent a lot of time in the LPL and Scout who is basically an LPL uh, mid laner now that came from Korea right like Zeka made the decision to come back to Korea and Scout didn't this year although I think he was toying with the idea 
this is sort of like this weird um, situation where if Scout had have come back, it could have been him on a team like DRX. I think he was aiming for for KT um, this time around. Um, but instead, you've now got Itzeka that comes back, and we had no expectation, and now he's up against Scout. I think it's a really cool matchup. I think it's mid lane, bot lane. I don't like jungle's fine. They just had great games. That you notice, games. I didn't talk about top lane. Yeah, Fondra. <laughs> if he plays Gragas, I'm always excited. He's great at a lot of champions. A good top lane. Fondra King and I like kind of the same player, and we just let King that one has go. Great lanes. And again, this is this is like I, they can absolutely be the center of attention depending on what draft gives us. But like Scout versus Zeka. Zeka, the big breakout player for me as someone who has was not as familiar with the LCK mid laners. This is a guy who was not on my radar at yeah. all, and he has just had such an outstanding tournament thus far. Scout, obviously, long time iconic. Viper Mako in the running consistently for one of the best bottom lanes, if not the best bottom lane in the world. The fact that these guys have history on top of it, and the fact that specifically Deft and Barrel have been some of the most creative bot laners, busting out the Ash, busting out the Heimerdinger. I mean, this is just like, just keep keep the camera. Bottom mm -hmm. side of the map, it's where I want to be. It's where I want to live. I, mean, I, th I think it's going to be really, really exciting. And and as much as you know, you talk about like, okay, it's not about jungle, it's not about top lane. I do think you have to consider um, the. I mean, jungle is very important. Yeah, because yeah. Piotrek, I think, is is like more up and down. Um, I think he's been more up at Worlds for sure. Uh, DRX in general, I think, have looked have looked better than people expected. Uh, Zeka, I think, has has been amazing. But I do think JJ works really well towards win conditions of, of EDG, mm -hmm. and like EDG at their best to me is. JJ working with Scout, bot lane naturally winning 2v2, and then all of a sudden that slight 2v2 advantage gets slammed home because they both go bot yep. and it's a four-man dive and now you can't play anymore, right? Yep. Um, and I think EDG does that better than than probably like any other team um, because they have such an incredible 2v2 duo, right? Yep. I think pretty much everyone is like, Viper Ruler or our best AD, right? Um, and in, in the LPL at the very least, like this was for sure the best 2v2 uh, mm -hmm. duo, I think. Um, so I, I do think it's it's like, it's important how Piotrzyk holds up because I think he's going to have to have a good series to try to like prevent um, that, that kind of win condition that EDG is almost always looking for. Yeah. I really think draft is going to be the star of the series. It should be so exciting mm -hmm. um, all, already <laughs> with... Um, uh, Barrel and Def pulling out the Heimerdinger and then talking about having more pocket picks in the interview afterwards saying like you know you're the, they're, they're going to intentionally try and confuse them so much but then you remember Viper mm -hmm. Viper on like Griffin, one of the, yeah. he literally oh. can play any champion in the game better than most of the people he played that Teemo made on purpose roles. and won his, what? Like, he was he was a better uh, bottom lane Vladimir than most of our. He was a top three Vladimir in the was LCK. Our, yeah, when yeah. he was in, uh, in Griffin, he was a better Yasuo player than the majority <laughs> as well. Like I want this bottom lane to turn into like the five D chess of like okay, yeah, Barrel does this and then Viper counters with this and Mako's still gonna be on engaged stuff no matter what. I, I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be the creative stuff's coming from Viper. Yeah, I don't think Tristana is like an S tier pick by any means, but I'm so ready for a. Stana flex in the series, like mm. someone to just throw at mid lane so that you can play some wacky oh, stuff bot lane. Yeah, like, I'm ready cool. for that. Oh. This is a dream, and I think that the thing I love about this top eight, especially, and maybe we feel this way every year, and I've just forgotten how we felt last year. But like, this is the most where I feel like draft is super important because the meta is both so. It's diverse. what Jad said. I think that the meta is absolutely amazing. This world super diverse, tons of different stuff. It's not a question of like, oh, well, this guy plays except the Kaisa and, and Kaisa's yeah, except for Aatrox. Ban it. Exactly, and yeah, you know, you always need a villain. Come on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if that's it, if that's the only mandatory ban, hey, 
great. Usually, well, I guess Yumi's the villain. Usually yeah, Yumi, Yumi is definitely <laughs> the villain. Aatrox is the villain, and Yumi is the evil cat that he's like stroking. Yeah, he's, like, yeah, he's Doctor Evil. Gadget. Gadget. Yes, yeah, Yumi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have gone to inspect Mr. the gadget. That's pretty old. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Didn't just rewatch all the Austin Powers movies. <laughs> They've not aged well. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was just gonna say I think that we we have so many close matchups where, and the Metasodiverse that it just feels like it. Draft does feel more significant to me than it's ever felt. And it's always been significant in pro play, but it's not clearly outside of 369, again, where it's just like there's such a player gap here that I don't care what they draft. This guy's just going to stomp no matter what, and it's not going to be important. I just want some – I want a legendary five on uh, best of five like – you remember the T1 Misfits, and you you come out with some Fervor Leona, you know, yeah. some game-changing, you know, uh, Blitzcrank stuff. Like the, the um, or, tech or you choices. think of T1 versus Rocks Tigers, and then mm-hmm. Zyra Misfortune bottom lane support counters. To be able to like hide stuff like that deep into a tournament and get it to a best of five and have it have those it's, things come out. It's literally just always happening to T1. Yeah. I was like, T2 versus T1 2019. EDG yeah. versus T1 2015. Right. Like the most famous counter pick like in a game five ever happened to T1. T1 has to be the great. most like. Turns out so, when you're the best team, team ever and everyone focuses on you yeah, and you thought? make every finals and you're always at Worlds mm, and you're never... They have a, the most wins at Worlds. And you've like, been you know. first 100% of the time in your group at Worlds. It is <laughs> likely that T1's there. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> or SKT. Yeah. yeah. Just fake it. But, Let's just I mean, fake I, I agree with you. Draft is really exciting, you know, I think more so than previous years. But I also think that's partially a product of just how good the bracket is. Yeah, Because true. I think a lot of times... You like draft, you can be like, well, the one team's gonna get blasted, but if they do some cool picks, maybe they could win, right? You know, that's kind of the draft discussion. Like mm. But it's like there's there's three matchups here where I think it's totally legit to, to think either side can win. And um, I think the drafts are yeah. gonna be different in every single game as yeah. well. And I think that's a product of the game going back towards like mastery being really important. Yeah. Because you're like you're looking at like Lehen's but the reason why, like, that whole, like, Yumi thing exists is because he is so good at not only Yumi. Like, he was the greatest Yumi player in the world for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Then was not allowed to play it, and then we weren't sure. Um, but his singe dancer to it means that you're not allowed to pick it, right? And, like, that's an example of a player making the difference on the draft instead of the champion making the difference on the draft. And, like, we have had metas in the past where it's, like, draft, feel it feels irrelevant as to which player is playing this champion it's just too broken to exist right and that yeah. does happen a, like a tiny bit but i think it's the least egregious this year that's yeah. sort of i i guess my take i no, agree i agree i think this is the most diverse worlds meta i think 2019 is still one of the most exciting just for the sheer amount of flex picks and the sheer amount of flashy picks but in terms of like coaches are sweating this year that's what i'll say yeah. it's like this is like the most important that this is probably felt like to come through solo queue and look at things because you just never i feel like know 100 percent what's going to be coming out and shout out to the teams that have to adapt in such a tiny period of time especially when it's highlighted earlier the groups metas are so different not sure and i'm sure scrims are even crazier than what we're seeing on stage so this is by far i think the coolest drafts we're going to see in a top eight as a whole not just in a single series but in a top eight as a whole for for any worlds i would say Yep, I agree. All right, 
I think uh, that'll do it for us for now. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the LOL Esports YouTube channel for mm -hmm. all the future episodes. We're going to have another one when we're in Atlanta, another one when we're in SF, so you can look forward to those. Thank you very much, Atlas, for joining us. For hey, you're welcome. Episode. It's great to be here. Appreciate you. You're the best. Also, mm -hmm. I get to cast you this weekend. Hell I'm yeah, a bit of a spoiler. That. Oh my God, I can't wait. They've kept us apart for so long. Finally. I had to cast with this guy multiple times, so that was great, but <laughs> I didn't get any Azale, so... Very excited. Finally, that reunited. finally happens. Yeah. Uh, next time you see us, yep, we'll be in Atlanta for the preview of the semifinals matchups. Thank you again to Gotham Studios for hosting us today for today's episode. Make sure to tweet any questions you have or send it by Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, Carrier Pigeons been, are accepted. Yeah, has so. been shown as a very viable Especially method. with cool rune questions, because that rune question was really fun. Yeah, I want double like, face. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Shout out to that. You got value out of that question. Yeah. That we great. actually hit the jackpot. We cool did. delivery system and a good very question. question. Yep. Yeah. Banger. That's what anyone can one up in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> World's Knockouts begins Thursday, October 20th. Rogue versus JDG, 5 p.m. EST. That is 11 p.m. Uh, Central Eastern European Standard Time. Tune in and see if Rogue can pull off the upset. We'll see you there. See yeah. ya.